When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, what's going on? Uh, we are back with 90 Day Before the 90 Day Week number four. New year, first podcast here of uh, 22 that we are recording. And we are back here with the man who covers the 90 Day Fiance 52 weeks every year. Here is Puya Zambichilli. Puya, how are you? Rob, I'm doing good. I just wanted to say your tongue is so oh, sweet. Oh, I was going to, you know, I, I, I screwed up my <laughs> intro. I was going to say the man whose tongue is so sweet. <laughs> Same mind, Rob. Same mind out here. Love that. Yes. But yes, hey, it's an honor, Rob. First podcast of the new year with you. Couldn't be better. Okay. We are uh, ready to kick off the new year of 90 Day Fiance here, talking about another week uh, with uh, these uh, this is very fun, I feel like so far. Very fun cast. I'm I'm really enjoying my 90 day experience. Despite the episode still being an hour and a half long, I feel like I've been enjoying the ride these four mm-hmm. episodes. So it's been great. Now, when you say they're an hour and a half long, that are like you know the the block of time is a two hour show. You just like without commercial. This is 90, uh, 90 minutes. Yeah, it's about an hour twenty three mm-hmm. when you watch it over on Disco Plus. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's what I'm referring to. But yeah, it is a two hour block. Okay. All right. So, Puya, first up, how was New Year's? Good? New Year's was good. I was I streamed live. I rang in the New Year with with my stream with my community. Oh. Liana brought over some champagne. Yeah. So, we drank our champagne, then Liana tipped the bottle over and spilled the rest of the champagne on the floor yeah, here. So you know, you're start. basically like the new, like Dick Clark, Ryan Seacrest slash uh, Pete Davidson, Miley Cyrus. That you know, last year you did your just you streamed for 24 hours on New Year's Day. This is mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I'm trying to work on the, the branding here, but uh, that you are like Mr. New Year's now. Listen, I'm 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 trying. I'm trying to do what I can. It's been it's been a fun way to ring in the new year. Typically, I didn't really have plans on New Year's even before. They were always kind of lackluster. So it's been a good two one two punch these last two years with the uh, with the New Year's time. So okay, all right. And no, uh, you know, a uh, hundred McNuggets to start the year this year. Oh, hell not. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Not happening. Okay. Well, maybe you got 2022 off on the right foot. So far, so good. Can't mm-hmm. complain. We're about what three days in, feeling good, feeling positive. Yeah, we'll see how long. Whatever that lasts, you did but. to start twenty twenty one, hopefully to everybody out there, hopefully you did the opposite. 
Exactly. Hopefully you didn't eat a hundred McNuggets because that is not a good recipe for, for start of a year. The start I'll tell of you year. That. Yeah. Okay. Puya, let's go ahead and uh, start off with, uh, let's start with uh, Caleb and Alina again uh, this week because they really had uh, a lot of uh, very interesting content this week. I think interesting is putting it mildly. It was fascinating to watch because it was no longer Alina and Caleb. It was Alina and Caleb and Elijah who Mm -hmm. really, for me, earns the MVP title of the episode. I had a lot of fun having Elijah be in the mix this week. Yeah. Okay. My question for you is like uh, on the line of like uh, Elijah, like a good friend blocker where where are we coming down on elijah because really we don't love caleb but at some point like uh is is elijah like is he uh bad moose and slam teeing this thing uh i definitely think there is an element of that for sure i the way i see it is he is a very good friend to alina but to this relationship, having the fact that Caleb and Alina are only like a day into seeing each other, this is a lot of pressure to put on Caleb, who is, again, still meeting Alina. And I, we're both not fans of Caleb. We've been on record mm-hmm. with this. But I do feel like the pressure was insurmountable, especially with some of the very direct and forward questions coming from Elijah, um, which I feel like you don't typically expect to hear from a friend, especially, you know, that's how you realize that's how close they are. But for us as viewers, it was a lot of fun to watch him squirm. So I was happy with that. Yeah, I feel like it's a fine line. And when, when you know, you have a friend and somebody that, you, you know, you feel like uh, very close to. And then this friend is, has met somebody new that you think is a bad fit for your friend. And I, I look, I know my friend that this is like, I know it's best for them. But at some point, like don't don't aren't you taking away their agency of like uh, don't you need to let the friend like may like isn't part of being a good friend like letting your friend like uh do the thing which you know is a huge mistake yeah well because that's one of the biggest things with having friends and then having them be in a relationship or pursue a relationship that you might see from afar as not good but you never want to be i mean me personally let me speak on myself okay i never want to be the one to to push that agenda of no this is not the one for you because i have been burnt by that before mm-hmm. same where yeah you get involved a little too much by trying to give your peace and as the friend but then if they don't agree with you and they stay with the person long enough that those views will not go away. What you said will not go away. So that'll not be a good part place to be in. But I think what I'm learning about Alina's uh, friend circle is that they're very protective of. Alina. Yes. They want the best for Alina, which is a good you know thing to do. And is it's good natured. But then does it translate well to the to the counterpart, which I feel like. It's not really looking to be that way with Caleb right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like that part of like the fundamental like nature of being a friend of Alina is that you are also like a guardian and protector of of Alina, and because that you know she requires some assistance from people, and so like uh, the people that are her friends, I think feel like very protective of her. Then uh, like not to say like Caleb is a catch because I think uh, he is not, but mm-hmm. at some point like. Uh, uh, you gotta, you gotta let her, you know, uh, fail. Right. And I feel like this all comes down to the fact that Alina has been slammed, hold the tea before where she, you know, has met men, other people who have 
literally hurt her, go like ghosted her. So she has not had a good past with with men. And I think her friends have noticed that and want her to be in as positive spirits as she can be, which, again, is a very, very good natured thing to do. But then the execution here might be a little heavy handed, but I'm not complaining because I enjoyed watching Elijah mm-hmm. be shady. It was okay. great. All right. Well, we picked it up from last week where Caleb got to Turkey and uh, that he ended up, I, we find out, falling asleep. And, you know, we're hearing a lot about like uh, what goes on behind closed doors here on this season of uh, 90 Day Fiance. And so, Alina, very disappointed with Caleb so far. Yes, because so he shows up. And then he uses the bathroom, whatever, for to get ready for sleep. Then she goes to wash her face for 10 minutes, comes back, and he's already passed out. Mm-hmm. And for Alina, this is their first night. There's been many years of anticipation leading up to this. So the fact that he couldn't muster the energy to stay up with her even a little bit uh, was not okay. She literally asks him, where were my cuddles? Yeah. Bob, where yeah. were her cuddles? Where were the cuddles? And uh, she also went on to say that she's like, look, I'm not begging you for a bleep, uh, which I think it was the F word. Uh, I mean, I thought it was the P word, but the P word. word. Yeah. The sausage. Hmm. But that, uh, like the, the clinical term. Yes. I don't think they needed to bleep that. I guess you're right. We don't need to bleep that. We can say penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Don't just, yeah. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it was that the other word. Um, well, yeah, she literally says, you know, I'm not thirsty. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not looking a thirsty ass bitch, I believe, was the quote. Mm-hmm. That is the exact quote. Mm-hmm. And she wants to make sure she clarifies that. But she was a little bit surprised. And I get it, because if this is a romantic involvement where you are both very excited to see each other. Sleep don't matter. Like, I mean, right. and this is coming from someone who has traveled long ways before. Mm-hmm. If you're excited to see people, whether romantic or otherwise, your energy still there to stay yeah, up. I'll like, be tired. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Like uh, a yeah. tired schmired. Mm-hmm. And like, it doesn't help that we could tell before he even went to get ready for bed that he was determined not to do anything. So yes. we knew already he was going to go sleep. So part of me is like, were you faking being asleep? Because 10 minutes is not a long time to pass out at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, there are cameras like we saw like what went on uh, <laughs> when, when they got there. So. All right. But he's in a great mood here today. Puya. He's he's ready to go. Uh, Caleb, uh, he's got like a, a, a weird look going on, right? So tell me a little bit more about it. So like, yeah, he was like, uh, you know, he has his hair down, but sometimes and then like he's like uh, wrapped up all like in a scarf at different points uh, that he's got. Uh, like it feels like he is going for, you know, uh, like a uh, depth, uh, like a 90s persona uh, that he has mm. going on. Yeah, it's like part hipster, part 90s, part like he's part of Gryffindor and he's about to go to a Quidditch game. <laughs> like he's very much bundled up. And I don't know. I mean, I've not been to Turkey, but was it that cold for him? I mean, he is from Arizona, so maybe. Yeah. OK, so uh, Alina, you know, tells us, look, he has a nice body. She's uh, she's liking what uh, she's seeing so far from Caleb. So that's good. Now, he has gifts for her uh, that he has uh, brought some presents. 
Yes. Two pieces that we were shown today. Okay. All right. What did you think of a uh, present number one, a necklace made out of Arizona tumbleweed? Now you've it recently visited Arizona, right? Did you uh, get any tumbleweed jewelry? They clearly, the family did not love me enough. I did not mm-hmm. receive a tumbleweed piece of jewelry. It was, so the sentiment was great, right? It's a little piece of home. And I thought that was sweet. But then when you realize it's tumbleweed and then Alina says, well, you just gave me, what is this, like trash? She's like, no, it's recycled. It's a recycled necklace. And she loved that spin because she said, oh, it's eco-friendly. I'm about eco- eco-friendly living. Mm-hmm. So that's good. What did you think about it? Did, would you be... Uh, insulted or would you be like it's just a gift it's fine so i don't even understand what it like tumbleweed is like straw like uh how do you you know uh like i'm no rumple stillskin over here but how do you spin straw into jewelry that is a great question i look like something solid that wasn't just like uh like a bunch of straw tied together well it kind of looked like it was a stone so i'm thinking did they like pushing some tumbleweed into the stone and it's like a mixture. Yeah. Yeah. So you think it's like, it's like tumbleweed, like in some like Jurassic park type, uh, like Ember, Amber. Yeah. Something like that. I don't think it's like a, when you press a penny to make a little like thing, I think it's That's a little what bit. I thought it was like, it's like, maybe they like, maybe like there's some chemical <laughs> reaction when you push a bunch of tumbleweed together. Either way. Uh, yeah. Tumbleweed necklace is trash. Yeah, one I of mean, the worst uh, gifts you could get a person. I just I feel like with their relationship, you could do so like tumbleweed. So a tumbleweed necklace is what I might get like five of and then hand over to my friends as like a souvenir from where I visited. Yeah. Not to my partner. A tumbleweed necklace might be like if you go to like Dave and Buster's and then you got like uh, like a bunch of crappy things. But then it's like, all right, I've got like uh, eight tickets left. All right, show me the really crappy things. Yeah, it's like that. It really is a like, skee-ball uh, present. Well, we got like <laughs> uh, like a uh, a plastic spider. Uh, we got a tootsie roll. Uh, a slime and we have, ball. Yeah, the slime would be like out of this league. <laughs> slime is too good. And then we've got a tumbleweed necklace. Hey, listen, shout out to Alina because she really firmed it as if it was a great gift. So mm-hmm. points for Alina at least. Yeah. All right, Puya. Then. Another present is here, and we find out that uh, Caleb is going to show off the harness uh, that he brought. Uh, the basically uh, the papoose that he wants to put Alina in. Yes, so we did allude to this a little bit with that secret scene last week that we found out exists, but he. Um, so even the way, Rob, he delivers this message is bad. He's like, so clearly I work out and you don't. So mm-hmm. if I want to go hiking or something, I thought this would be a nice way for, for me to introduce you to this and we can go together and experience the world together. So then he fumbles it initially, then picks it up. And and Alina, it works on her. She says, well, some might find this offensive, but I actually feel touched that he's actually trying to do something, which I think she's just a victim of the circumstance in that up until this point, she thought Caleb does not care. He booked this hotel with stairs in it. He has no idea what I need. And now it's like, Oh, the bar was so low that this is actually, a at least gift he up. was thinking of something. Uh, we right. have not gotten to see Alina in the harness yet. Mm-mm, not yet. Not yet. So we'll see if um, we get a scene with this backpack, so-called backpack being used at a hike. I'm assuming we're not going to see it, but 
Who knows? We'll see. Oh. I think that, you know, they brought it. This is Chekhov's backpack, Puya. <laughs> it's happening, you're saying. I think it's happening. Definitely. Yeah. I th- okay. I think we're going to see it. At, at well, wait point. a second. I really quickly want to bring up, Rob, you know how in between couples, they'll show us a still picture of them mm-hmm. when they introduce, okay, it's their scene now. I feel like these producers did Alina dirty with this picture. Yeah. What, of is, Caleb and Alina. Yeah, what, what are they doing? Let me see if I can. It, okay. Cause it feels like Alina was Photoshopped in and they've put her like at his leg, his like leg. And she's like kind of holding his leg in a weird way. Hmm. And I don't think that's a picture they took. I do not think that is a picture they took. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I felt like, Y'all did Alina dirty with this. You're making it seem like she needs Caleb. She don't need Caleb. Okay, Stop it. Let me see. Uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just scrubbing through the episode to see if I, if I can see it. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I do see, I do see it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They probably, that one probably wasn't a staged photo or um, I, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. you know, maybe the, do they get like some of the like big brother uh, Photoshop team? It is possible because it's not a great job. Let me tell you the that. people that do like the big brother, like cast photo uh, and put them together that are either like uh, sometimes they, they take people out of the photo. I do love that. I do, and I, and I, what I love more is when people spot the differences. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we can get some of those people like the Brian Scallies of the world to like be taking a look at this and seeing uh, <laughs> what they can take a look put it at across their desk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right. So Caleb and Alina, they're going to head out and they're going to meet up with, uh, Elijah. That's right. This is where we get our first Elijah meeting with Caleb and Alina. And let me just say the way Elijah was sitting there sipping his coffee. I loved it so much. It gave me like villain vibes, which was phenomenal because this is one of those rare instances where I'm okay with the villain. I'm rooting for the villain because I know the villain is going to bring in some much needed chaos into this even more so than what the two of them already had. Okay. And Elijah, in fairness, uh, it might be a little like PO'd has been just like sitting around uh, waiting for this meetup since Alina told him to get lost uh, after he dropped her off at the airport. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's literally in Turkey for one reason and one reason only, and that's to be um, Alina's chaperone, pretty much. So Mm -hmm. when he's not around Alina, he's not really got much else to do. Yeah, this is one of the things that I'm wondering. So Elijah comes in and he seems like he is loaded with info, intel. This is kind of like the Jeff Probst at Tribal Council. So what happened back at camp today? Uh, Like, do you think the producers tip off Elijah and give him like a bunch of questions to ask about? Because he seemed to know exactly what to hit in terms of uh, what had happened the night before. So it's one of two things, right? It's either the producers fed him some intel or while while Caleb was getting ready for the morning, you know, dressing up in seven layers of clothing, uh, Alina uh, and him were swapping texts. They're texting. They're texting. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, I hope that uh, Caleb doesn't pull like a Jasmine and say, let me see the phone. Yeah. Where, what's your password? Tell me your what's password your, right now. Password. Yeah. OK. So how how was everything? How did it go last night? And so, uh, you know, well, Alina was great, but uh, I fell asleep. Uh, and Elijah's like, really? 
you fell asleep. This is a woman you've been waiting 13 years to meet. You fell, you fell asleep. Not a good look, Caleb, not a good look. And I love the direct, again, the forward is, did you kiss her? Mm-hmm. And this is when Caleb's like uh, surfer bro-ness comes. He's like, we, we did not kiss, man. That didn't happen. Okay. And you can tell in different moments that he's very angry, but he's trying to be cool about it, but it mm-hmm. still comes off angry to me. Yeah. And Caleb tries to play it like, look, it's not like I came out here. Like, I'm so excited to get laid. Okay. Like, that's not, that's not what I'm about. Yeah, this is where he's leaning a little bit more on the tarot cards that he packed mm-hmm. and not the Magnum condoms mm-hmm. and the protein that he packed. Yeah. It's that energy. Um, and Elijah's like, I didn't say I didn't say anything about sex, but you couldn't kiss her. You couldn't do anything. You you fell you fell asleep. You're supposed to be excited. And like, it's a kiss. Mm-hmm. You don't you can kiss at any point. Like if you're together for two hours, a kiss takes one second, two mm-hmm. seconds, three seconds, depending on the length you want it to be. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a makeout either. Mm-hmm. So he really has no leg to stand on here, but he is trying very hard to play the, listen, I'm a nice guy. I don't do that on the first night. Yeah. I'm that's pure. not me. That's not me. Um, Elijah does not have a great impression of Caleb. No. He tells us, mm-hmm. my first impression of Caleb isn't good. Isn't good. <laughs> Isn't good. Does not like him. Um, so they're going to go to a mosque. Uh, going to go on some sightseeing uh, to go around. And so there's a second floor at this mosque. And so Alina is good. Caleb would carry her up the stairs. She's fine. So just Caleb and Elijah are going to go up there. And Caleb, boy, boy he is deep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he can really sense is things. Deep. Yeah. He sat there at the top of the second floor looking down into the mosque and he talked about how the ener- you can feel the energy. Just close your eyes and, you know, you got to open up your chakras and let the energy take in. And he's really feeling something in this mosque. And let me just tell you, Elijah, not only not really feeling the same energies, not feeling Caleb in this moment. Mm-hmm. My favorite line of the episode is the deadpan cut to Elijah and confessional saying, what the f is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what? What is, what is this guy? What is this guy? So, uh, I, I did like that. That was my the favorite Elijah moment from the whole episode. I agree. That was a very strong moment. Powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So then, I guess we go to some like, uh, is this dinner? We have a, yes. like a, we have a uh, we get together for for a meal. Okay. Yeah. And so. That Elijah, he's just all over Caleb for anything that Caleb might be doing. So Caleb pours himself a glass of water. Yes. And Elijah says, uh, do you notice that uh, he, he poured his own glass rather than pour yours first? Very rude. No manners, no etiquette. Uh, yeah, they went in on him for that. Then he tried to have a drink before they cheers and they went after him for that as well. Mm -hmm. Like he literally was just taking punches and and could not defend himself to save his life at all. Yeah. Like, and I really, I hope that, uh, I never have like a a dinner date with my wife and Elijah. I just feel like, uh, this is like, Oh, I guess I can't do anything right for you, Elijah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You don't want Elijah there opening the eyes to things that you could be doing wrong. That would not be I would great be so self-conscious. Same. I mean, and I think that's what Caleb's feeling in this moment, too. But what's funny is Caleb's defense was, 
Well, actually, Elijah, I kind of think, you know, Alina can handle herself. She She's very able-bodied to do it. I feel like you're making it seem like she can't do anything for herself. Mm-hmm. And that energy, first of all, is very retaliating. So mm-hmm. yeah. shady, a little shady. But also, it's, it's, it's a little condescending, too, because I feel like he knows exactly what he's doing by saying this. Because then it's like, see, Alina, I don't see you as any different to me. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm treating you. It's manners, you know. Yeah. We know a guy by the name of Young Manners, and I feel like Caleb needs to meet that guy because he got no manners mm-hmm. here, especially to Elijah. Also, I feel like that maybe Elijah might know uh, what Alina can and can't do better than Caleb, who's known her for 12 hours. Right. It's a very safe assumption to make. <laughs> I, I would bet the farm on it. Uh, he may he may know better. Okay. Um, but now... Elijah wants to, uh, oh, actually that we, we had a, uh, a bad toast, uh, from, from Caleb first. Okay. <laughs> what was, what was, what was his, uh, his toast? Did you catch um, it? To my best friend and her best friend coming to Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Leslie, you, your friend, this is your friend. Yeah, I don't care if if you because, you know, you can be friends before you're something more. But clearly this trip was done under the guise of you are something more. Ditch the best friend title, especially if you're going to equivalent your relationship with Alina to her relationship with Elijah. Very different relationships. So not a good toast at all. Yeah. Zero out of ten. Both of them are less like, what? What is this? <laughs> like, I know where I mean, like, that's all I am to you, a friend. And but it was awesome in that it's set. Elijah up with the perfect alley-oop to dunk on him when Elijah looks at him late after this toast and says, um, well, Caleb, tell me more about your previous best friends. What's the story there? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. What's your body count here? Caleb very directly asks about that. And Caleb gives you the, again, yeah. <laughs> literally the douchiest way to answer this. He's like, well, actually, you know, Whoever I'm seeing presently, that's all that matters. So, like, that doesn't matter. I, I don't. And he was like, "I don't keep count, man." Yeah, yeah. That's like me too. That's the, 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 that uh, the same for me. Like, oh, look, I don't keep an exact count. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those it's things like, where, like, uh, it's not something that I like that I think about. Yeah, the only thing I count are my chakras, man, <laughs> and my macros. That's it. That I, I I will keep an exact count of how many grams of protein I get, but not the amount of uh, relationships that I've had. It's too many. How do you count the star, the stars in the galaxy? <laughs> that is funny, though, because literally the only person that would answer that is someone that would translate it to. It's more than I can count. Yeah, because <laughs> like, it's like less than five. Mm-hmm. Eight. Mm hmm. If you're past 10, you're not giving an exact number, pretty much. It's like, uh, you know, I'm not about that. I'm not about counting, okay? Yeah, it's not about quantity. It's yeah. about quality. But then, yeah, he, like, uh, then cross-examines. Like, all right, well, since you know everything about your friend, then <laughs> tell me about her last relationship. What was going on there? Yeah, he was like, all right, I would like to call Elijah to the stand. Yeah. All right. Tell me about Alina's ex. We find out that Alina's, well, first he says, tell me about her ex. And then Elijah's reply was a mess. Just Mm -hmm. said a mess. Easy two words. 
But then we find out something from Alina in confessional. So first of all, this mess lasted for six months. They did it for six months. That was the last relationship. But she was living with this ex until somewhat recently. And she has kept this from Caleb mm-hmm. under the worry that if um, Caleb was to find this out, maybe he would have backed off and not pursued her. Mm-hmm. Um, can I also just weigh in on the did you notice the the drink choice for Caleb? Yeah, what was that? Like so, uh, again, this is my amateur bartending. Uh it, to me, the drink it looks like he has uh is uh I believe it looks like a lemon drop uh with a lemon say. wedge and a sugar uh rim uh <laughs> on the martini glass. Yes, yeah, the martini glass is so that it's fancy. Mm-hmm. Um it's too much citrus. That is a lot of citrus to have. Yeah. 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 That, that was a weird drink choice for the, like, I don't know if that necessarily fits in with the rest of Caleb's vibe. The, uh, uh, lemon drop with the sugar rim glass. So if we were to order for Caleb based on what, how we're seeing him now, what do you think would be the ideal drink for one Caleb here? Um, like, I feel like, uh, his vibe is like more of like a whiskey. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. a little bit more, uh, you know, I don't know if the, this would necessarily be the cocktail I would, uh, think he would be ordering. Yeah. I think I could see a whiskey and honestly, with the way he was like trying to be, fa- I think a, a red wine that he could sniff the glass yeah, and a like, wine perhaps. Yeah. 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 Tell us about the earthy tones it has. I feel like that would have been more of his, uh, his move there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, but so Alina, she dated a guy, Puya, and then she was living with him, and they broke up, but then they just still live together? Yeah, until recently, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, they were together for a minute. Because do Elijah's her other roommate, right? So Elijah and her and the ex, I guess, were living together? Boy, that's a sitcom right there. I want to watch that Three's Company. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know uh, exactly what's what's going on. She hasn't told uh, Caleb about this, but it was uh, something something weird is going on there. Yeah. So it seems like and this is again, if we're talking about um, the uh, what's the code, we're talking about the fact that that backpack is going to come back into play. This X story is going to come back into play as well. I do think that we're, this is not the last time we hear about this X. I imagine there's going to be some fireworks when she inevitably does tell Caleb about this. And I fully expect Caleb to not handle it well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, really, like, who cares? Like, what, what, like, what, what is the big deal? Like, it's not like you weren't, you, it's not like you were even together. Like when this is happening, like, uh, like I lived with my ex-boyfriend, like, uh, what is, yeah, relax. It's not that deep, but again, it's Caleb. So I fully expect him to make it about himself, um, and, and show his whole ass. So that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Okay. All right. So anyway, they're going to go back to the, uh, the hotel and now it's almost like to me, this seemed a little like performative of like, Oh "Oh, now I have to prove like, uh, you know, I I am, uh, I am into her like this, but this is the thing that I can never get out of my head, uh, with the, uh, these scenes is that like, there's a camera person in the room. If not more than one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a whole, I'm assuming there's like four people in there. Um, and, and they're shooting this because he like puts her next, like on top of like this 
dresser thing they have in the hotel room, starts making out with her, then puts her on the bed, then gets on top, then flips over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's, know. it's just like a weird, like, uh, you know, couldn't imagine doing this. Like, uh, you know, these camera people and sound people and producers like, uh, well, what am I? Dirk Diggler? Yeah, I don't have the facilities to do here, that. Oh, I, let, me I, go, like, yeah, let me move her like this. Like, here we go. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I think it's like, all right. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that even like uh, Mike and Jimena, like, uh, you know, uh, seemed like a little bit more like the natural. Like, all right, we're tired. Uh, we're going to sleep now. Yeah, if I was on the show, that's my move. I'm the guy that's closing the door, and you can shoot mm-hmm. that part of me closing the door to insinuate what's going to happen, and then right. leave us alone. Like, that's where we end it. Yeah. Right. It's almost like, no, we need the shot of, like, uh, you two being intimate. So could we uh, could we get this? And you know Caleb's up for that. You know he was so happy to get to do this on camera. Like, he just gives right. that vibe. Well, he just seems like a, an actor. Mm-hmm. Very performative. Yes. He's playing a part. And so this was a scene that he felt like needed to be in the story. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was. And that was the last scene we got with them for this episode, which I'm okay with. Um, we did see in the next time on, there is yet another friend of Alina's that's going to yes. cross-examine him. <laughs> yes. So more tension coming up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see what happens next with Caleb and Alina. Uh Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, let's let's talk about uh, Mike and Jimena as Mike made his way to go uh, meet Jimena and the whole family and the kids. Uh, But uh, sadly, uh, there will be uh, no sexy time for Mike and Jimena. We'll talk about it all when we come back right after this. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Mike finally is going to uh, meet up with Jimena and uh, they uh, have a, uh, a nice meetup, Puya. They, I mean, they kissed. They kissed right out the gate. Yeah. Unlike Caleb and Alina, they got a kiss going. Um, she asks, uh, he's asked, how did it go? And he replies with C. 
Already you can tell the language barrier. I mean, this whole thing is just like super awkward. Like, uh, it's just uh, like, how is this going to work? It is. This is one of the big pitfalls with the before the 90 day couples, especially the ones that exclusively talk via texting. They can do the translation stuff easy in person. It's not the same because meeting someone already trying to see if the chemistry fits, but then the language barrier makes it so much more difficult. Yeah. But has anybody here ever heard of like Rosetta Stone or anything like did it occur to any of these people to like, hey, let me try to brush up on my uh, Espanol uh, before I had to go to uh, where are they going? Colombia? Uh, yes. OK. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he could like he he seems to like uh, be t- taking like ninth grade Spanish, uh, and that appears to be it. I mean, that's what I'm talking about with him. Is See, that um, Tiamo? Like that? I mean, like what? I think that you know, if you watch Sesame Street uh, for uh, a little bit, like you know as much Spanish as Mike. It's just baffling because, like you said, you know, Rosetta Stone's right there, like a Duolingo's right there. You think, especially if you've been together for as long as you have, you would have tried to pick it up and, and you know, do something with it. But nothing. It's nothing. nothing. He, no. All he brought with him is this little translator egg device <laughs> that this isn't the first time we've seen this on this show. This translator device is not good. It does not, not translate accurately no. at all. no. I mean, I guess that one of the like recurring themes on like the 90 day fiance couples uh, happens to be like the defining characteristic uh, is lack of foresight. So I guess it's understandable, uh, you know, but you would think like like I, I, let me try to like brush up on the language. Right. And, and I feel like if there is a language barrier, at least what could help that is. The physical chemistry being there. Which and that there is none. With, no, he's so shy and so like, um, what do you call what, what am I trying to do? I'm like doing the motion. Like closed I off. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. He's closed off. It, it feels like he's not comfortable being there with her. And then she doesn't know how to react to that. And they can't reassure each other via language. So then what can you do but just sit there? Like yeah. the entire car ride was awkward. And he also did something in the car ride, Rob, which I felt like does not help at all. Uh, he got a call from his dad, but then not only did an answer, but then deleted the call. Like, who does that? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, I wonder if dad either a said something that was like, uh, you know, like, hey, just remember, like, don't give her your social security number. Like, uh, I don't know if dad <laughs> said something that was like, oh, no, this is not going to be good. Or like, is he doing the Gino move of, oh, I'll make her get jealous by I'm going to delete the message as soon as I get it. I think it's more the first, especially thinking of the peanut gallery that was his dad and grandpa <laughs> yeah. at the kitchen table roasting him for the pancakes. I think it's the former rather than the latter. I don't think he would have had the foresight literally to to think of, you know, trying to maneuver a jealousy move here because mm-hmm. he was just trying to hold himself together. Whatever yeah. the whole episode. And maybe it was one of grandpa's ideas and God knows what he said. Maybe it was friend, yeah. like his friend also, his friend and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Jimena was like, I, I thought like she seemed like very affectionate towards Mike and he was the one that was making it weird. 
Yes. The one thing we learned about her first impression of him is she didn't think he'd be this short. So the, mm-hmm. the height definitely was the immediate uh, find for her. But she said he looks sweet with his glasses, which yes. is nice. Well, yeah, she said uh, that he looks like a sweetie. And, and I, I double checked this uh, with Nicole, who I was watching mm-hmm. the episode with uh, last night. Ideally, ideally. From a woman that you are hoping to have as a romantic interest, do you want to be a sweetie? No. Yeah. I feel like a sweetie is definitely not part of the romantic vocabulary. It's like, right. oh, sweetie. Yeah, that's right. not, that doesn't hit. Right. Uh, that I, I don't know if necessarily uh, someone is feeling uh, romantically attracted to a sweetie, like a kid is a sweetie, like, uh, you know, an, uh, an elderly person is a sweetie. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. like a puppy is a sweetie. Yeah, your your partner, not a sweetie necessarily. Now, unless we are also getting the language barrier miscommunication mm-hmm. maybe, and it maybe. means something else. Maybe. Maybe. Perhaps. But the English sweetie, I would agree not so much for the romantic, maybe for the other stuff. Okay. All right. So they go to a restaurant. And yes. well, what do you think of this place? I mean, it looked good. It looked like mm-hmm. there was some meat on the grill. Mm-hmm. I was about it. There it's were a drinks. wild grill. It was like uh, like a 360 grill that was going on. Yeah, it's dinner and a show. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Lunch and a show. Okay. Uh, but they just like sat in silence. All they said was Tiamo and C. Yeah. That's really all he can say. And that's really all she could say. And then she asked him, like, what are you thinking? And then he kind of hit her with a C and she said, well, you don't understand what I'm saying then. And they just sat there in awkwardness. Bad it was internet. not great Bad at internet. All. did them in. Yeah. That he couldn't get Google Translate going, which again, dummy, you can download it for offline usage. I'm pretty sure Google has that function. So mm. uh, again, no foresight with Mike at all. Yeah, he we got done in by uh, he had like the one bar and that was it. There you go. He's got to find a new uh, wireless carrier. <laughs> truly. Yeah. And they just uh, sat there and, you know, uh, ver- very awkward silence. Nothing going on. Uh, we're going to then go back to a party. Uh, Jimenez whole family is going to be there. Uh, not just the kids, but extended family. I think some of them actually were staying uh, with Jimena, who doesn't seem yes. like she was a huge place to begin with. Yeah, so I think I think that was mentioned that a couple of them were saying, I don't remember who exactly, but she literally invited everyone. Her mm-hmm. mom, her dad, her brother, her sister, her the, the spouses of the siblings were also there. And obviously her two kids were there. So imagine already not getting off on the right foot because you can't really talk to each other and then injecting your whole family who will not be able to talk to Mike either. It was a recipe for so much awkwardness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he's in front of like this big room and then he's got like the egg, which he seems to have some trouble using (laughs) it. And then uh, that, you know, he, he, he like speaks into it. And then like, finally, like after like five seconds, the egg like spits something out. And then like the crowd has like a big reaction. Yeah. Because I think, what was he trying to say? It's lovely to meet you all. And it said, it's lovely to meet the whole world. And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, that's not what I said, but again, it's better than saying nothing. Right. And I think, they could understand that he was very nervous. Uh, one of the family members said he looks like a tomato. Like a tomato, which was, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there was some sympathy for him uh, from some of the family members. But Imena's dad says, mm. this 
apparatus is useless. <laughs> he he doesn't insulted. like it. Mm-mm, not at all. It's butchering our language, and I don't like it. I wish That's he would fair. have taken the egg and just smashed it on the floor right in front of Mike. <laughs> oh, if he was nervous like before that. Get a new one. Get better internet. <laughs> Use Google. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was funny because the dad also says he's a nice guy. But I don't know if he's adequate for my daughter. Right. Think, that's fair. He can barely string a sentence together. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, the, but you would think that dad would be like, okay, well, at least he's providing for this family. Well, and I think that is something that he notices, right? But also, um, I think that's something that Jimena, I don't know how much of it Jimena has disclosed of like all these things. Like this is house. Well, where, my- where does dad think Jimena is getting all this stuff from? It's a great question. No idea. No idea. But then Jimena tells us the only thing she cares about is if her kids are approving. Well, that was of one of the things she cared about. Mike. Yeah. 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 Which the kids at least liked him, Rob. That was good, right? I mean, look, I, I'm sure Mike is, uh, you know, far away. A sweetie. Uh, this is, yeah. A, a sweetie is like uh, ideally what you're looking for, for, you know, some sort of a stepdad. Yes. And he, you know, he brought the kids some gifts, which they liked. He brought a, was it a firefighting, firefighter suit, fireman suit. Yeah. And then a remote control car by the looks of it. By the way, I hate remote control cars. Oh, why? Puya, that I I have two boys. Okay. Uh, I'm like, like Jimena. Uh, I have two boys and we have over the years gotten so many, like, it, it's like a go-to gift uh, that people, they love to buy boys these remote control cars. And the remote control car has, like, has two elements. The car needs batteries, and the remote control needs batteries. It yes. also needs kids to hit the little switch to turn off the the remote control and the car two the kids have to be responsible to turn off two things mm-hmm. because then the that they they don't turn them off and then it's like uh dad uh can you fix this this doesn't work it's like well I don't know. did you turn off the remote control and the car <laughs> like uh, it's a miracle they turn one of them off it is like the ultimate like waste because no kid can remember to turn the stupid things off. And then you, they, you just are like bleeding double A, triple A batteries out the wazoo. The, I, at that point, you have to invest in the rechargeables because that does sound like a lot of batteries are going. And then they here. always need like a screwdriver to like, uh, dad, uh, you know, like uh, it's like, well, maybe I could just like full time just work on the pit crew of fixing <laughs> remote control cars now. Thanks. It's like, uh, thanks a lot. And anytime I can always like, oh, oh, it's a remote control car. Good. Put it in the pile. <laughs> See, what you need is I had one of these as a kid. It was like a little like not bigger than a snow globe. And it was a little remote control car that would charge mm-hmm. on the um, remote. Sounds itself. better. Hopefully that's what Mike got. Yeah, like, uh, that, was, yeah. that was better. Uh, so, like, yeah, spoiler, spoiler is that Santa Santa brought one last week. First oh, day, no. dad, it's not working. Like, I don't know what it was like. Well, I left it outside. Like, well, all right, well, that'll that's the first thing. So was it a battery issue or was I, it? A I never got back to issue? it. Puya. Like, I okay. have a life. <laughs> well, they for good thing. It sounds like they forgot about it because you haven't been hearing about it again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, sorry. Sorry all about right. the remote control car rant. 
Well, it's fine. I mean, you have to talk, share your traumas. For anybody with nephews out there, unless you hate their parents, uh, find another (laughs) gift. Unless you hate their dad. So any remote control vehicle you have a problem with? Like, what if it was like a remote control like helicopter? I I think it's going to be the same issue. Like these things turn off like a timer. What if we get you one where it's a chargeable, like you got to plug it into like a USB-C? Would that be better? I, I, maybe. Maybe that'd be better. And I, I don't want to derail the whole podcast to talk about my hate for <laughs> remote control cars. But I just feel like that the success rate on any of these has not been good in my house. Well, I also, for me, the biggest problem with remote control cars was that they don't have enough range. It's like you got to keep following it. I don't mm-hmm. love that part. But we move. Well, how, we far, move. how far away do you want to be? I mean, I remember mine didn't go past like my eyesight and I wanted it to go to into another room. I guess I have to like see mm-hmm. where it's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they were right. Okay. okay. That's fine. All right. Um, uh, Mike, uh, he is a sweetie that, uh, you know, he like instantly like tells Imena, like, I love you. He's telling the kids, I love you. Uh, you know, that he's, uh, you know, knows one phrase. He's making it work. Yeah, he's definitely given up the I love you's left and right, but it's either he says I love you to them or yes to them. So <laughs> there's not much in the arsenal to pick from. <laughs> you, on the mic doll, you pull the string and it only says a couple of things. All I right. mean, I bet he said I love you to the person who brought their food in yes, for lunch. Like, yes, I yeah. love you. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, they're going to have dessert. What, what was this dessert? So in the translation, it read sweet corn cakes and peasant cheese. Peasant cheese. It looked good to me. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what constitutes peasant cheese, but. Yeah. Okay. So they're having dessert. Everything is uh, is go- is going great. And uh, it's getting to be nighttime. Mike and Amena have been uh, waiting for this. Uh, that You said that. Amena only cared about one thing, Puya, that he was going to be a good uh, stepdad for the boys. Uh, but she also said, like, look, as long as he's good in bed, everything will be good. I mean, there's nothing else she can she can hope for because the language isn't there. Mm-hmm. It feels like the physical connection, the chemistry's not been there. So he needs to be good in the bedroom department because love is a universal language. Yes. So she wants him and her to have good relationships and she wants uh mike to make amo with her so <laughs> yeah and also mike he has been uh, you know uh waiting for this moment also he understands the assignment he wants to uh quote give her the best pleasure ever Mm-hmm. He wants to fulfill all her fantasies as well. He also says that. Um, I mean, sounds ambitious, but hopefully Mike can do it. Okay. Uh, that's what, what Mike wants to bring to the table. And he is uh, looking uh, forward to it. But unfortunately, uh, and look, uh, this is you know relatable content. Uh, the kids are not complying. No, they're not. They don't want to go to bed. They're crying. They're not. They're not complying with sleeping. So that's obviously going to be an issue. They attempted to go to bed, but then they heard the kids crying and they had to come back. So sadly, no ammo tonight. No ammo tonight. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens next time out. But you know that 
I do like, I feel like we're going to get the report card. Uh, if we, we, we got Gino's report card and we'll talk about that, but, uh, I feel like, uh, we're going to, I feel like that this is uh very interesting. I feel like there's a lot of kissing and telling on the 90 day fiance. Oh yeah. They have no problem giving us the reports. Spoiler alert. Hums's report cards coming next week. Uh, and it's not good. Yeah, he might have to take the year again. <laughs> he might have to be held back. <laughs> Not good for him. So, so uh, we're going to find out. I don't think that Jimena is going to be shy. I feel like we're going to hear the hear the report. Yes. In addition to that, we're going to find out next week. Uh, in the next time on, we saw that she has something to tell him that she hasn't told him before. Now, is this about the the um, ex that is in jail? Is yeah. this about the previous ex? Is it about a whole other person? House thing, I have no idea, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I feel like we're only getting started with Mike and Jimena, and I feel like this is going to be a fun story to yeah. follow. You know, every 90 Day Fiance story is a bit of, like, its own Mad Lib. Uh, there's always, like, okay, the friend that doesn't approve. Uh, there's always, like, the the one that, this, the, the one thing that, the, the secret that the other person uh, doesn't, doesn't know. Uh, like, it's just such a 90 Day Fiance trope. Uh, I mean, it's coming. Yeah, it's it's it'll be there and, you know, you can try and predict it, but you never quite know which one of the five, six things it's going to be. Mm-hmm. All right. I mentioned uh, Memphis and Hamza. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, this story because we, we ended on them. We did end on them. They got the last scene of the episode yeah. and they had a shorter episode, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Would you say it was too fast? Did it end, did it uh, not go long enough for your uh, satisfaction? Well, personally, for me, the the length was adequate with the amount of footage we got from them, <laughs> specifically the footage. Okay, so uh, they got picked up at the airport, and again, speak of like uh, issues with the translation. Uh, seems like the Memphis and Hamza uh, are not able to effectively communicate at all because like she doesn't know any Arabic. And he knows five sentences maybe in English. One of them is big boobies. One of them sexy time. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly great. I felt so bad because when we saw him last week, he was driven to the airport by his friend Yusuf, who was also driving them back. So Yusuf has to play the role of Uber driver who has to hear all this awkwardness in the back and not explode in one segment. It's very awkward. Yeah. And so... It's like Memphis is asking like uh, Hamza, like, OK, how how are we get how are we getting back? Uh, and, you know, he's t- saying that he's dry. He's going to drive. And I'm like, well, didn't he not have a license? Didn't he tell us that he got into a fight with the <laughs> right. dri- driver's ed instructor? Uh, but eventually uh, they get into the car and it's going to be a two hour ride with his friend to come back. So uh, Hamza and Memphis are in the backseat. And uh, they are uh, driving back and they uh, they compare phones, Puya. Yes. So what we learn here is that Memphis's phone background is Hamza. Yes. And Hamza's phone background is Hamza. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Hamza getting all the love, Memphis getting zero of the love here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, but that's like very predictable. I could see it. I'm not shocked, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I've I've never. So the only time I've had a photo of me on my background is when I'm with Liana. I've never put a selfie or a singular photo of myself as my background. That just never seems like something I would want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
Um, just like full disclosure, uh, like, yeah, I, I, I have just like a, a your plain, default guy. yeah, I have like a, just like a, I, you know, I don't like a picture from my background on the phone, mm-hmm. uh, because it's that like, it makes it, I, I feel like it's too hard to see the apps. Uh, like I, I like, right. a, like a stark contrast against the apps. Now I guess I could make the lock screen a picture potentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like my lock screen on my old phone is Liana and I um, at the moment of getting married outside. So we got that. My other phone, I've got just a regular like wall background, like a stony wall background. Mm-hmm. So I kept it simple on the second one. Uh, be, ultimately, again, it's like it, it's so picture dependent because like what picture of Hamza does she have? Is it like a selfie? Because I don't know. That doesn't play well to me. Mm hmm. Uh, I, I don't know, but either way, um, I think it's more concerning that uh, he has a photo of himself. What is he? What is he like? What is he doing in the photo of himself? Yeah, like, oh, I, look good, I look good in that photo. I'm gonna make that my lock screen. Yeah, and I'm willing to bet you anything. It's a bathroom selfie. Like it is not like a photo shoot photo. It just can't be. I mean, it's probably like the most narcissistic thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And the best part is he can't even defend the, defend it because mm-hmm. he can't speak English to her. So they're just going to have to live with that one. She's not never going to know why that's the case. But she does tell us after we see this that she has dealt with she's she deals with some intimacy issues mm-hmm. uh, because she's had a problem with lack of intimacy in the past. So it's caused her to be very insecure. Mm-hmm. And I feel like immediately the insecurity is coming out here. Yeah, I feel very bad for Memphis uh, that I feel like that she is like, even though there's not a huge age difference. Like, I feel like she is a grown up and Hamza is like a child. Like, I feel like that it's almost like that he, he feels like a teenager to me. I know he's like 27, but mm. that, uh, that he does not feel like that he is uh, an adult here in this relationship. And that's what living in a more sheltered environment could do for you if you're if you've been with your family from jump and you've been in the same environment same friends same like everything you don't really grow out of it you don't discover anything else you're kind of in the samey samey and i feel like he is definitely a victim of that and on top of that he's just had no experiences either to push him out of it whereas memphis for all maybe i would argue bad decisions she's making to to pursue this at least knows what she wants and knows what her expectations yeah. are. Whereas Hums is just in on the ride, literally. Like, yeah. I don't think he's expecting anything. He's just rolling with the punches as they come. Like Memphis is here to like find a husband. And like, yeah. I feel like that Hums is here to be like, uh, you can sneak in my room when my mom is sleeping. Like, uh, it's, <laughs> right. it's just like, and she's like, but what, wait, what, what, but what, like, uh, He's like, uh, what, whatever, uh, you know, uh, it'll be fine. Don't worry. Don't think about it. Yeah. Don't think about it too much. It doesn't matter. I feel like the, the last time we've seen an incident like this was kind of Brandon and Julia, where mm-hmm. Brandon was very much the, the man child and Julia had some clear expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, there's going to, it's a question about, uh, like, okay. Um, it, will it be sexy time tonight? Mm-hmm. Sexy Huge. time. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, you want sexy time tonight? And he replied, literally, me mama told me not to sleep before marriage. And that translated immediately. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, wait, what is this? And it's very clear that there were some misadvertisements coming from Hamza because she's completely blindsided by this. 
Yeah. And she's not happy. Not even like misadvertisements. Like uh, that she said, like, we're, we're like uh, that. Where, where will we sleep? But like, oh, we will sleep together uh, in the house. Like, <laughs> like, like point blank, like blatant lies that Hamza told. Yeah. Well, we did see in the last episode that Hamza's mom made it clear that that's not going to happen. And he felt like he was lied to. Like he did. He thought it was going to happen. But then he didn't tell her still after mm-hmm. he found out. So it doesn't matter how late he finds out. He still didn't say anything, which, again, is not good at all. Um, and this is going to be a difficult thing for Memphis because to Memphis, a big part of this relationship is, again, similar to Jimena, how are we going to be intimate and how is that going to be for the relationship moving forward? That's very important for her to, to assess the relationship's longevity. Yeah. And if they can't have that, she can't have that either. And she does say a line. She says that, um, yeah, Muslim culture is not really common. Sorry to tell this to you, Memphis. It's a quarter of the world is, is Muslim. So mm-hmm. that is different. You were wrong in the statistics. But I do understand her reasoning for wanting that. And I do understand if she didn't know about it ahead of time, how it's literally getting blindsided and that's not going to work for her. Okay, Uh, we will come back to this issue. Uh, Long car ride home. They're also super awkward for the friend again. (laughs) This poor guy. Hopefully he does not speak English. Yeah, he's pedaling it, Rob. That foot is on the gas. He's just trying to get them home as soon as possible. Flooring it. Okay, so... We uh, get back to the house late at night uh, that we have uh, the sister and the mom uh, are, are there. Sisters that seem very like uh, amenable. Uh, sisters like are really trying to put a best foot forward for Hamza, trying to make uh, Memphis feel very comfortable. She's very nice. She's being a sweetie. A sweetie. She's welcoming Total sweetie. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. She's doing a great mom is putting on a good face, but then also tells us privately that she's excited to get to know Memphis. But. It's going to take a minute before she's going to feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. No, mom is uh, a, a little bit, uh, you know, not giving anything away. Guard is up. Guard yeah, is up. Guard is mom. up. Guard is up. Yeah. Uh, Memphis says they both look beautiful. And then uh, she, you know, Memphis needed the egg. Yeah. Memphis needed the egg for sure. I mean, the egg might have not, might have said the whole world looks beautiful or something. And mm-hmm. then that would have been a whole mess. Okay. But, I do think that Memphis is going to be putting her best foot forward as well. Like I think Memphis is someone who will be very nice and stuff. However, we haven't gotten to the to the main part of their story that I think could muddy things. In the future. Right. And, and, you know, there's a big difference, I think, between Memphis and Julia, who uh, Julia was like, hey, like, what? I, I don't want to live with parent. Like, uh, I'm here to party. I'm here to have fun. Like, and Brandon was like, all right, mm-hmm. like, uh, don't worry about what they think. But like, I think that Memphis comes at this like uh, Memphis is also a mom uh, and like a, like and her kids aren't like uh, babies. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she's all she's also a mom. Um, and I think she like as she has respect for uh, for like Memphis or for Hamza's mom uh, to a degree that I don't think that Julia ever had for uh, Betty uh, from from terms of like how Julia felt about Brandon's mom. Yeah, no, and I do think that as well. I just feel like she's far more mature than Julia was sure. too. Like well, they're different walks yeah. of life. Yeah. yeah, it is a very low bar, very very low bar. But um, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued about this interaction coming down the line here. Okay. So, Hamza, you will sleep on the couch. Memphis, you will take Hamza's room. Got it? The assignment 
Understood? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was so excited, Rob, that they didn't leave the kitty sheets on for her. They, they definitely did not put that weird bear. Was it bear? It was some kind of like childlike uh, child sheet. So at least they gave her regular sheets, which was great. Okay. Well, now for <laughs> uh, we see that uh, Memphis is like, okay, but look, but like, hey, look, we need to have the sexy time before we get, I get marry you uh, unless I know if there's like some issue there. Right. Well, she wants to pretty much know, are we going to be compatible? Because if we're not compatible, it's going to make the relationship a little difficult. Mm-hmm. Right? Just mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And so uh, he says, uh, uh, you know, don't worry about it. Um, she's like, well, should we get a hotel room? He's like, no, no, I'll just sneak in here when uh, my mom is sleeping. Yeah, that's a great plan. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen the blueprint of this place, but it can't be that big. Um so that's the plan. He's going to sneak in there while once everyone has gone to sleep and they can have sexy time then. Sounds like a foolproof plan. Yeah. If now, you, yeah. I, I thought that she said no to this plan. Uh, like, uh, I, I thought that she was like punishing him uh, in, in like the original, like when they were going to bed. It's like, hey, like, you know what? You, you, you idiot moron. Uh, now, now you don't get sexy time. I mean, that could have been the case initially, mm-hmm. but I do feel like in instances like he's this, persistent. yeah, he's persistent. She's in a whole other country. She's in a, you know, a stranger, a strange house, yes. different house to her. So, you know, important to her too. Yeah. And like having a familiar face who pulls up to the room late, late at night later, like, I feel like those doors opened up. Like she was like, okay, let's, you know what? Forget that plan. <laughs> yes. Let's change it up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's the next morning. Like you would think like maybe, I, I don't know, like uh, you would think that this would be like uh, trying to choose my words carefully, uh, but maybe he would, uh, you know, uh, maybe make his escape, uh, you know, af- after uh, this act. Uh, it seems like that was not the case. Yeah, I feel like this hung immediately around. tells me everything I need to know about Hamza and his evasions when living with family, he did not plan this right. He did not leave after they had the sexy time and uh, they get caught. They get caught. Mom comes to the door, knocks on the door right as Memphis was about to leave. And then Memphis sees Hamza in that bed. Uh, uh, the mom sees Memphis, uh, Hamza in that bed, leaves to the kitchen, is completely distraught. And Rob, I have a theory about why Hamza stuck around. Yes. What is it? So we saw him the next time on that Memphis is going to full on confront Hamza about his uh, very quick Usain Bolt like finishing time mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the sexy time they had. And yeah. she said, are you going to be Usain Bolt every time? Like, what's the deal here? Mm-hmm. And Poor Usain Bolt. I, He's like, what did I do? I know, right? This, this is what you get for being the fastest man alive. Okay. The flash, <laughs> if you will. Um, so I think, I think Hamza clearly, you know, goes offside quickly. It's over. And in an attempt to overcompensate, sticks around to, you know, get the cuddles in, get the little makeouts in, keep the intimacy prolonging. Yes. yes. And then somewhere along the line passes out. Like they oh, both fall asleep. Okay. I thought you were going to say that he was going to, and then attempt to rally. Oh, I mean, he maybe, maybe that's the other move. Maybe it happened again. But you have to imagine their first time, first experience, and, and it goes quickly. He's got to feel insecure about that potentially. So especially um, because they've put such an importance on the sexy time. You know what? Uh, based on like this little snippet from the, 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 uh, uh, this uh, preview, 
that he did not seem to like pick up what she was putting down uh, when she was uh, commenting on this. So I don't know if there was a self-consciousness there. Well, I'm trying to give him an out. So if that wasn't the case, then he's just pure dumb for not leaving after. No, I think he's just um, dumb. Yeah, because this was literally the worst case scenario. And like I come from a Muslim background, so I know that this is a huge no-no. This was like when I saw him in there and I saw the mom's face, I immediately knew what the mom was feeling. Like this is going to put the relationship in such a bad place, especially on the wrong the first night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a rough two weeks in this house with the four of them now. I'll tell you that. It's going to be rough because um, ultimately my thoughts on this is, listen, if you want to have sexy time, that's cool. But if there were rules put in place by your your mom, respect the rules, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Or don't stay there. I'm okay with you not staying there otherwise. But you agreed to these rules and then you you went back on them. That's not That's not cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's see what happens next uh, with uh, next time on. <laughs> uh, and they look maybe like, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, uh, so excited to uh, finally meet up with Memphis. Maybe, you know, uh, the this is not indicative of future performance. We'll see. Yeah, man, he might he he should have maybe got a shipment of the stuff that Gino got because <laughs> sounds like he needed it. Should we talk about Ella and Johnny uh, speaking of uh, more sexy time? Yes, we should. I I feel like of the three remaining, two of them are still sexy time heavy. And this is one. And then we got another one. And then we got Kim and Usman. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we're getting there. (laughs) Yeah, that is literally the least sexy time of all time. Potential sexy time, but not potential. Sexy time. It depends. It depends, <laughs> depends how iced we can get the ankles uh, down for uh, Kimberly. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let let's uh, talk about uh, Ella and Johnny. And uh, this was a little bit of a curveball. Uh, did we know Ella was a practicing Wiccan? This was a revelation to me, Rob. She was like, I mean, I it's on brand. This- uh, it was mm-hmm. a shocker, but we, we new information. <laughs> Right. She was like, I'm hosting a gathering. I thought, oh, cool. They're going to have a little barbecue outside. No, they're doing a full on um, ceremony, a witchcraft ceremony. I always want to make this abundantly clear. Uh, Whenever we discuss any uh, people who are practicing Wiccans uh, among these many different shows uh, that we cover, I think uh, last came up during covering uh, Big Brother Canada. I want to say that this is uh, above all outs. This is a pro Wiccan podcast. Uh, we are very respectful and positive about all things Wiccan and do not want to, uh, you know, um, end up on the wrong side of our Wiccan listeners. Absolutely. 1000% with you there. Yes. We're on the same page. Okay. So Ella, she is, uh, working on some love spells. Yeah, it, it seemed like it was just uh, a manifesting of the relationship and of the connection she has with Johnny through this ceremony that she had. She did have her friends Kesha and Virginia there who are oh, members of the coven. Yeah, Kesha. Not mm-hmm. the same Kesha, not with the dollar sign, with a regular S. Mm-hmm. And they were pretty much, yeah, they were trying to you know manifest that positivity in the relationship and longevity in the relationship uh, because now, you know, He's a month away from visiting. So she's trying to get ready for all of that, which 
we learned quite a bit from about Johnny this week. It was mostly a Johnny uh, sh- uh, segment with some bits of Ella. This was one of them. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Johnny is going to be flying in and I'm not sure what the, like, I'd like a, a date check on this because Johnny is going to be going into, uh, a like full on, like a uh, suit of COVID armor that, I mean, th- this must be what, like March 20th, 2020. Um, that's a great question. I would say somewhere in that region, like maybe March, maybe the midsummer, somewhere there potentially, mm-hmm. because yeah. he is fully decked out in protective COVID gear, which is a great thought for travel. My only worry immediately seeing this was, I hope they don't have you take all of this off for the um, <laughs> going through the check. Yeah. That yeah. would be rough. That would be I mean, rough. this is like the suit, the, the hazmat suit that you uh, would wear, like uh, in a, a movie where it's like, uh, all right, we're going into like, uh, like we're gonna go study like Ebola in the lab. Uh, all right, put right. Me in this suit, and yeah, this was you know, oh, this was wild. It was very detailed, very precautionary. But what we learn about Johnny is that health is very important to him and he doesn't want to catch COVID. Mm -hmm. He wants to be healthy for this trip. So he seems like he's just taking extra precaution here. Okay. All right. So Johnny here, um, he is going to go visit a doctor of Chinese medicine. And um, him and the doctor, uh, again, this is a little bit like sort of a... um, is, is this uh good boyfriend, bad boyfriend uh, here for for Johnny? I think his motives are good because he mentions that, you know, uh, when he first met Ella, she has a beautiful face, beautiful personality. He says that she is a little bigger mm-hmm. um, and he wants to help her with weight loss. And now the thing is, is that what we've learned about Ella and Johnny is that they have talked about and kind of agreed that Johnny is is going to be the person to help her lose the weight. So she fully knows that this is something he is going to help her do. And she sounds like she's for it. So then it, to me, it's like in the good column. But then so the plan for him is he's going to this doctor for Ella to get stuff prescribed to help Ella with the weight loss. Yeah. I I am not familiar with exactly what Chinese medicine uh, he is going to uh, get prescribed uh, to Mm. him, uh, but I don't know. Do do you need a lot of uh, Chinese medicine to begin a uh, weight loss regimen? I know a lot of people this week are probably going to begin uh, some sort of program themselves uh, Mm -hmm. without the help of any Chinese medicine. Yeah, so it was interesting because I it did the Chiron read like traditional Chinese uh, medicine, and when he went to get it from the pharmacy place he went to, it looked like to my untrained eye like kind of herbs and stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know what herbs these are. I don't know how they're taken. So hopefully we learn a little bit more about that when he does arrive to the states because I would like to see what that entails because it got me very curious. Uh, my favorite line in the exchange with the doctor was the doctor starts asking him some questions about Ella and like, does she like, what's her diet like? And he's like, well, she's American. So, you know, they've got desserts and (laughs) and chocolate and meat. (laughs) And then she literally says in traditional Chinese medicine, we call that overweight by eating too much. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, don't we call like that? That is an official medical term. Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll run with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, Johnny, he goes to the pharmacy and is uh, going to get his prescription filled. You know, is he going to have any issues going through customs with like his <laughs> paper bags filled with uh, Chinese herbs? <laughs> That is very a very good question because where would that fall under? I gotta imagine he has to check that luggage, but then I don't know because like I mean I feel like uh, based on my traveling experiences, you can't bring back nuts. Like don't bring nuts with you. They stop that. Mm-hmm. They don't like that. So it, where does it fall under? Is the big question here, and we'll find I out. Mean, and I, I, yeah, I think if you go to Hawaii, I think it's you can't just like bring a like a pineapple with you. Right. So and like, does it have to be, is it like a specific amount he can have? Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, this much weight only. So I have no idea. It's a whole new era for me. Yeah. All right. So uh, either way. All right. Johnny is uh, on on his way. Uh, He wants to be uh, the redneck cowboy for (laughs) Ella. Yeah, he says that he hopes he can become a redneck cowboy, and then to specify, says, like, yeehaw. Yeah. So I was like, okay, Johnny gets what a redneck yeah. cowboy might sound right. like. But, all right, uh, Johnny is going to get in uh, one more night with the bros. Oh, yeah. Going to hang out with the lads, Rob, always. <laughs> so, uh, and his friends are uh, kind of a-holes, right? Yes, especially <laughs> one of them especially very big a-hole here um i was like yeah, why are you rude you're very rude sir very rude so uh johnny is gonna tell the guys hey i gotta quit my job to go hang out with ella and people are like no this is this is also uh a bad call well we learned quite a bit about his plan so to where we understand it, not only is his, is he quitting his job, he works at what an electric car manufacturing yeah, plant yeah. is what we learned. And his career he's, is on the upswing. Yeah, apparently he's about like he, he sounds like he's in line for for more good coming his way uh, from his employment. He's putting that away. He's also going to stop renting his place out to go to see Ella. So it just sounds like he's completely stopping everything and then going to the states for three months. I don't mm-hmm. know if he thinks it's, he's going to make it permanent during those three months. I have no idea what the plan is here, but he is throwing everything aside to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we see him like telling the guys uh, he's going to, uh, you know, qu- quit his job. And uh, that's that's what he's going to do. He's going to quarantine for two weeks somewhere. And did you follow uh, exactly this plan? Yeah, so his plan is he's getting a visa for Singapore, and then he's going to quarantine in Singapore for 14 days before traveling to the States. This is very similar to uh, Andrew and Amira, where she had to quarantine in another country before coming to the States because she couldn't uh, like go directly from France, is mm-hmm. what we learned. So I think it's the same thing for him. He can't um, go directly from China. He has to go somewhere else for two weeks. Got so it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So... Um, Let's uh, skip ahead to uh, Ella and Johnny uh, on the FaceTime. Sexy time volume two. Sexy time. Okay. All right. Uh, now, Fuya, uh, that are, are you versed at all in the world of anime? Extremely uneducated in the world of anime. It's a big blind spot of mine. Okay. Did you know anything about this uh, character? No. So, okay. So it's a character from Naruto is what we learned because Naruto is his favorite anime. 
But then we find out it's a male character from Naruto that she's mm-hmm. cosplaying as for him. It is very early where she is, and it is midnight in China. So she wants to give him some excitement before he goes to bed. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, Rob. I've, like, you know, Naruto is one of the more popular animes, and it's one of the ones where I've seen, you know, pictures and GIFs and stuff on the internet before. Yeah. And I've not quite seen this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it seems like that um, Ella has like a uh, production team helping her mm-hmm. uh, get set up. <laughs> <laughs> well, production team being her roommate that she asked to help put on the wig. I looked up Naruto just now, Rob, and I'm browsing through some photos. It looks to me that um, the main protagonist of Naruto who I would call Naruto, I'm assuming, the the blonde guy. This is this is a gender swap cosplay of the main character based hmm. on the wig I'm seeing here on this character. Again, if, if you are an anime viewer or fan or or a Naruto fan, feel free to add us. Let us know which character right. it was, because I am curious. Okay. Um that I, I got the sense that the the power uh was uh that uh this character can then become a uh sexy blonde woman. Right. Oh, I see like a transformation type thing. Yes, like a, yes, again. Mm. Again. Uh this is uh not a character that we are uh, familiar with, but it, boy, it, it it seems like it really hits different for Johnny. Yeah, Johnny very much loves this right out the gate, but then it feels like she doesn't keep the wig on for more than five minutes and says, okay, you're going to get sexy Ella now. So mm-hmm. very quick, very yeah. done. Okay, so look, um, these two seem like that they are, you know, uh, hot and heavy. This, and they like what the other person's putting down. They're both into it, so that's They're good into for it. them. Yeah. Um, Johnny does tell us that he wants them to do sexy cosplay when he arrives. He's very intrigued by this. And then she tells him that, you know, we can look when you're here, we can go look for sexy outfits and you can pick the ones you like and we can go from there. So uh, a lot's going to be happening in the, in the world of sexy time for yeah. Johnny and Ella should he arrive. I feel overall like uh, very good about Ella and Johnny. It seemed like that there was uh, some question last week of like, hey, like I've been sort of deceptive with uh, he doesn't know like uh, what like he had a full body picture of her. Uh, it seemed like that he was like fully aware of uh, everything. It seems like that there is like uh, no going to be no big surprise for Johnny upon arrival. Yeah, because the the picture he showed the a holes at lunch was full body, so we know that it's not just like a like a face pictures and so. So he fully knows what's going on. He's fully supportive. He's fully you know enamored with her. They're in good states. There, We're the only place that looks to be a point of contention with them, Rob, is going to be this ranch living because. The way Johnny explained it, he assumed ranch life would be like a small part of the relationship. Ella confirms, listen, it's going to be a bigger part of the relationship because we're going to be running this ranch. And Johnny's response was, well, that's good because when I was younger, I like going to the zoo. So I feel like you okay. know, I'll be good well, with the animals. At least he seems to like the animals more than Julia does. So oh, uh, Julia, you know, Julia has that. been such a point of reference for all these couples. I mean, that relationship had a lot going into it, a lot of red flags that we can put into different couples. So they kind of work for that really well. Yeah. Okay. Puya, let's 
take a break. And when mm-hmm. we come back, uh, we got two more couples to talk about. Uh, let's let's talk about what's going on with uh, Kimberly and Usman, aka Soja Boy. Uh, and then uh, we'll wrap it up with back to Gino and Jasmine right after this. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Puya, we talked briefly about Kimberly. Uh, boy, her, her ankles have uh, really uh, gotten uh, swole. Yeah, she's uh, suffering from the swollen ankles by proxy of the flights that she yeah. had to take to get. You gotta wear to, like a compression socks. I think that's the move. Yeah, I have never heard about uh, this uh, because when she drew the ice bath, I thought, why is that? What is this for? Just to put her ankles in there to bring them down. She said that she wanted other parts of her body to be bigger than the ankles. So mm-hmm. that was the plan for the mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I uh, got the ice bath going for uh, swollen ankles. Uh, meanwhile, we check in with Usman. And Usman is uh, with the bros, uh, Bad Moose and Slam Tea. And uh, they're having brunch. And the guys just cannot hide their disdain for what's going on with Kimberly. Yeah, so this is a team meeting quote that they're having. And Usman has invited Kim to the team meeting. She's not there yet, but they are they are, they don't want her there, Rob. They do not mm-hmm. want her there. They, you know, Slam T gives us the weekly reminder that this is bad for his image. We don't want him to be around with her, seen around with her. And then they tell him, you know, one picture goes online, that'll ruin everything. It's yeah. just he can't convince them. Yeah. And I love that he then tells them about his rewards, Rob, about what he got mm-hmm. the night prior. But, but yeah, like, are, are these guys uh, unaware that uh, this conversation about if, if just one picture gets out, we'll be ruined as they are being filmed by TLC cameras? Great question. Now, to me, is their thought very short term of, well, this is not going to be out for like a year. So we have time to <laughs> to get your image up before the show takes it down. Mm hmm. Okay, so uh, look, she, that Usman says she got me a laptop. Uh, mm-hmm. Got me uh, the video game system. Yeah, which I felt weird about that. He was like the latest game. I, was, I thought just say PS Five. That will hold way more weight to what you're mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. But then what was sad about all this is we found out that he didn't go hang out with the bros the night prior after leaving. So I think he just full on played PS Five alone. Yes, in the I hotel mean room. of choosing between uh, <laughs> Kimberly or the guys. Uh, I think he's going to pick option C, the games. I mean, he was the most intimate with the games, so that makes sense to me. Yeah. And they asked him, like, are you catching feelings uh, for this woman? And I've actually been surprised that Usman, like in private moments and even with Kimberly, has not been like, guys, come on. It's me. Soja boy. You know, (laughs) you know me. That's not. And then like uh, both with his friends and also like uh, in front of Kimberly, he, he talked about how that, you know, this is potential, but potential to be my wife. Yeah, he's not hit that at all. And obviously, I don't think he can, even if he wants to. Like, that just isn't a good look for him. Mm -hmm. But 
he definitely is very much telling us this potential thing is more than just a title. Like it's genuine potential. It's yeah. not just a, I'm saying this to keep you at bay. It's he's considering it. Yeah. By the sounds. Now, of it. my question is, I guess, how calculated is Usman slash soldier boy? Whereas that this is not his first rodeo on the right. uh, 90 day fiance. Does he understand the assignment of, Hey, look, I'm on 90 day fiance. I, I got to talk about, uh, you know, a wedding, getting married, or basically, you know, uh, this doesn't have any legs. Yeah. In the case of Usman versus how <laughs> calculated this is, the answer will be very. I no. think he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Now, did you watch his first season, Puya? Yes. With baby girl Lisa, it was a mess, Rob. But he's doing more of the same. He's a sweet talker. This He's a sweetie. Boy. He's got a sweet mm-hmm. tongue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and it was a, a similar vibe from Usman towards uh, baby girl Lisa. Um, yeah, well, the thing is with baby girl, Lisa, like we need to see a little bit more with Kim to compare. Um, but I, I, it's hard to say. It's hard to say right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. To be determined. All right. Uh, so there's going to be some sort of a meetup, uh, coming up with, uh, Rosary. Do, do we know anything about Rosary? All we know is that she is a very successful artist out of Tanzania and the guys have set up a meeting with her because she's from there and they think it would be good for collaboration maybe or something of the sort. They've set up a meeting with her and that is great, a great business move for, for Usman. But then when Kim gets wind of this, Kim thinks it's a 100% sabotage plan from the guys Mm -hmm. on her. Yeah. Okay. So, we are going to end up uh, seeing that the guys think that um, Usman should go solo, but Usman thinks, uh, no, I, we, I should take Kimberly. Yeah. And I think this is part of like Usman wants to reassure Kimberly that everything's good. Like, look, I'm so secure with you. I'm bringing you in all my meetings. You, you can come see her. But then because of the guys wanting him to go alone, I think that's what makes Kim think there's some shady stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you not want me to go with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're very concerned about the image. Uh, what if somebody takes a picture and uh, this could be a big problem. But uh, all right. He's going to go with Kimberly to the secret garden. Mm-hmm. They, they go to this new place that we see new scenery and we meet Rosary for the first time. Yeah. And Rob, I got to say. I love Rosary. Rosary, yeah, she was great. great. She was great, and we see Kimberly is a little nervous about like, hey, wait, what is this meeting about? Ah, uh, that, that Usman is my is my guy. What do they want him to meet up with this woman? Is this the woman that Slam T and Bad Moose think he should be with? Right, and and the lead up to this was not good because what happens here before Rosary arrives at the table. It seems like Usman just on his phone ignoring Kim, mm-hmm. and that's making Kim feel nothing but more and more nervous. So I feel like all the confirmation bias is seeping in. Okay, but she, uh, Rosary, ultimately is going to arrive, uh, and then Usman, uh, first thing he says to her about how uh, your tongue is so sweet, and Kimberly is like, that's it. Why do you that's- have to say that? Mm-hmm. I love that right after he says that, not to like correct, but he says, 
Your tongue is so sweet. Swahili is so sweet. Making mm-hmm. sure, like, I meant the language, Kim. Relax. Sit mm-hmm. back. Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, Rosemary was why, why is uh, why is she here? Yeah. Um, and then she delivers it great. She says, well, I know why you're here, but why is Kim here? What's the story? And this ended up being a lot sweeter than the preview made me think. I thought the preview made me think it was going to be very shady. Yes. But then... Usman says nothing but nice things and says, you know, you know, where she's a fan that's here, you know, she's checking stuff out. And then they find out it's more than fan. And then she, Kim tells her, yes, I'm the potential. What does that mean? Ultimately, Rob, we learned that it's potential wifey. Potential wifey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it translates similarly. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very sweet. It was very sweet, everything we got from Rosary in this instance. And this was the first time that Usman had alluded to marriage in front of Kim. Yeah. And that excited her greatly. Kim was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know we were talking about marriage. Oh, Usman. Oh, oh, I like her. <laughs> oh, she was just like uh, tickled. Yeah. So she said, I like her, but I need to figure out. Why did Slam T and Bad Moose do this? I think they were trying to sabotage me. So mm-hmm. even the Rosary passes the smell check, the guys don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, Kimberly is uh, pumped up about uh, Usman, and this was a great meeting. But where do we go from here, Puya? With the two of them, I feel like it's going to be interesting. So first of all, they're not on the next time on. Okay. So we might not see them next week. I think... I'm intrigued because we just saw a jealousy streak from Kim that did not exist before. And it was even more to the contrary that the first episode we saw Kim, she told us that she'd be open to Usman even having a second wife. So to me, if you were that open with him interacting with others, where are you going with this? But I think this is a, a product of her being the potential and her not being in a solid thing with him yet and being scared that someone else will scoop him up. Okay. All right, we'll see you uh, the next time we catch up with uh, Usman and with Kimberly. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I guess speaking of report cards, uh, we went back to Gino and Jasmine. And the last episode ended with, okay, we didn't know how it was going to go. Uh, that Gino did not get to the medicine chest uh, for <laughs> any of his uh, tr- tr- uh, American um, tr- traditional uh, pharmaceuticals. And so uh, we got the report card uh, this week. And for, for Gino, it was, it was good grades. Although uh, here's what uh, Gino had to say about how the night went. To me, my 34-year-old girlfriend, Jasmine, for the first time, she um, blew me away. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, really, Gino? The producer. The, even the producer is like, Gino, uh, what, are, what are you doing, Gino? So he was so... <laughs> I don't know. Just having the gigglies. He's just having the gigglies. You're 50-something <laughs> gigglies? Are you joking me? Gigglies. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um he was very satisfied, Rob. Turns out, Turns eh, out. things went well. Well, Puya, we discussed last week uh, how were th- how were things going to go. I-, I said I had faith in Gino that I just felt like that uh, he was uh, so pumped up for. I, I thought uh, on adrenaline alone, I thought he was going to get through this. Well, I thought he would get through this, but I thought he would be more in the Memphis in the Hamza range, no. not in the 
Yeah, I didn't think he was going to go all the way like to the like eighth inning. I didn't think that was yeah. going to happen. He got an yeah. outstanding report card. Uh, he was a good kisser. And Jasmine referred to Gino as a savage. Everything is working better than expected, which I guess is sort of like a low bar to clear. I think the bar was low. I think the bar was low. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think ultimately, yeah, she says she he wasn't average. It was outstanding. So Gino's out here being a stallion out of nowhere. Okay, cool. Um, also, he was not able to hold on to his hat. Apparently, once the lights went off, the hat came off. She didn't get to see it, but she got to touch it. Yeah, and she and, said it was like a, like a newborn baby. Is that what she said? Yeah, and and like that's a choice of words. And also, am I surprised the dude says gigglies, Rob? So <laughs> that sounds apt. <laughs> yeah. So Gino and Jasmine, those those two seems like uh, they are off to a hot start. Yeah, it sounds like if we're doing a a chart for all the intimacy performances of the season, Gino and Jasmine just are atop of the chart. Everyone else they is are battling insane. for like the scraps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but let's see. Uh, so, so far, like uh, Gino is one for one. Will he be able to keep up with Jasmine? Something tells me yes. Now that he's been able to sh- have a good showing the first time round, he will be fine. He okay. will be completely fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that was the good. Uh, <laughs> the bad comes when they are going to go to uh, Old Town. The yeah, Old Town Road. Exactly. They're going to take their horse to the old town road. And she, though, the reason for this trip, first of all, she wants to show him a, a side of Panama that he might have seen before. And that is special to her. But then also she wants to get him stuff. She wants him to get stuff to decorate their house with or his home with, because she doesn't want old relics from his, and I'm quoting stupid ex-wife because we find out that <laughs> he has a lot of decorative items from his previous yeah. marriage. Uh, so I did not like the talk. I, I thought, you know, Jasmine, uh, classic Jasmine, uh, coming off uh, way too strong here about, uh, the stupid ex-wife. Uh, but in fairness, um, does he need, uh, all these, uh, Brazil knickknacks around the house? No, like but this dollar is- store junk of like, uh, like, uh, oh, there's my, you know, uh, Brazil, uh, uh, paperweight. Yeah. Like, here's a mug that says Brazil on it with the flag. <laughs> no, he doesn't need these things, Rob, but this is pretty much Gino's personality. I don't think he's changed anything in his house since the breakup. Like, right. He he's keeping the exact same stuff up, not because he wants to, I think, but because he's just not. Um, you know, forward enough to change stuff up and, and like put other things in the house. I mean, the man has like uh, plastic bins filled with like TV dinners around his house. Uh, like the interior decorating is not one of his strong suits. No, the decor is not a priority mm-hmm. whatsoever in his house. So that I can give him a pass for. Um, but also he should have had the foresight again to get rid of those stuff, especially if you are dating Jasmine, who has shown you how she feels, what her jealous streak is like. You should have known better than to leave those things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he doesn't necessarily need to replace like all of the Brazil knickknacks and junk with other junk that says Panama on it. He you could go in a to. completely different direction. Yes. But because that's what it's set up as like now, mm-hmm. 
Jasmine sees it as a drag. Take down Let my me- Brazil poster. Put up a Panama yeah. poster. We got to put the flags up. Put the put the mm-hmm. mug in here. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other th- direct. From what I understand, I have not been on Pinterest lately. I feel like there are other ways you can go to decorate your house. A lot of better ways you can go mm-hmm. to decorate your house. Yeah, this is this is not this is like the college dorm equivalent of decorating a house. Like, all right, here's the I love this movie. Let me put this poster up. It's that kind of vibes. Um, I did find it interesting. So she calls his ex-wife stupid, like, not your stupid ex-wife. And Gino st- stood his ground. I was like, yeah, you don't need to call her stupid. She's just my ex-wife. She's not stupid. Yeah. Yeah, which I actually liked that he did something like this. I was terrified for him. Mm-hmm. I did not think he was going to last the episode after that. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it was fine. And I think, I think Rob, bold enough to say, getting the outstanding report card gave him some confidence. Yeah. So uh, good for Gino. Good job. Uh, yeah. Good job there by Gino. And he didn't need the enhancement to mm-hmm. do it. Like, nope. That was all nope. on his own. No, he did it all himself. Yeah, just just him and his gigglies. <laughs> Kudos to Gino. Uh, do we know what's happening next for Gino and Jasmine? Um, yes. So they're going to be having either a drink or some kind of meetup with a friend of Jasmine's. And Gino asks this friend, asks him and says, does Jasmine explode a lot? And, and he says, yes. And we're going to get a lot of tea about Jasmine and her interactions with other people. So I'm excited to see that because we've heard from Gino's mouth that he has been hoping that Jasmine isn't like this all the time and that he could maybe have, maybe they can get to a place in the relationship where she doesn't have that explosion, but it sounds like that's not going to change. So, yeah, Uh, I think that, you know, Jasmine is going to be basically fully formed at this point. I I don't know how how much you're going to be able to change Jasmine. Uh, Like Gino, I feel like is a little bit more moldable. Uh, Mm. Jasmine, I suspect is not. Yeah. Like if anyone's conforming to someone else, it's Gino and not Jasmine. (laughs) I agree there. So we'll see how it goes. Honestly, Rob, I feel like, especially after this episode, I don't think I, I no longer know who is the main couple. Because hmm. I feel like this episode was a Caleb and Alina feature, but then we're getting a lot more Mike and Jimena. Gino and Jasmine are still intriguing me. I can only tell you that I think Memphis and Hamza are like the C-list of the storylines. I think they're on the bottom of the rung. Yeah, uh, I feel like um, that Gino and Jasmine and Caleb and Alina are co-leads. I think that hmm. they are sort of uh, 1A and 1B. I could see that, uh, especially Gino as an individual. When his intro stuff came in, I was like, "Okay, he's the main guy." But I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. This has been a very good season, four episodes in, yeah. and so far, I'm not feeling any dud moments, which I'm happy about. Yeah. Uh, are there any other couples we're meeting, or this is this is the full cast? There's one more. I believe there's one more guy who we learned about in passing in like the initial season. But the fact that we haven't heard from them yet and we didn't see them on the next time on means that we're probably going to see the middle of the season. That also means there's probably not a lot of story there. So it'll be a quick in and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, Puya, is there 90 day uh, single life updates this week? Yes. So I actually watched the second episode that I was going to talk about this morning. I will be recording that later today, and that will be at the very end of this podcast. So you'll have a double episode feature to talk about all the wacky stuff going on on Single Okay, Life. so don't go anywhere. Uh, that is coming up uh, still to come here in uh, this podcast. Uh, Puyo, what, what else do you have going on this week? 
Uh, let's see. Well, people can find me on Twitter at Puyism. I am streaming a lot more on Twitch, trying to do so at the very least. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Puya. And this week, Rob, on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, live from the RHAP Twitch account mm-hmm. and the YouTube channel yep. for RHAP, we're doing Podcasters Mafia, which I'm very excited about. We're doing to host. it. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. You got me on commentary. You've got yeah. Seeds Baby Kalish doing the. Um, the hosting of the mafia yeah. game. And then you've got Rob and everyone else participating. Look, I, I hope uh, that I will be able to do. Okay. Hopefully I'm not going to be out faster than Hamza. You're going to be fine. I don't know if you're going to get to the Gino level, Gino but level. you're going to be somewhere yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Somewhere okay. in the middle. All right. So uh, looking forward uh, to that coming up uh, Tuesday night should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a big uh, week. Also, Amazing Race is coming back. I'll be covering uh, Joe Millionaire uh, later on uh, this week, Thursday night. Going to do some special coverage of uh, Joe Millionaire. If you missed it, uh, check out the best ofs that we did uh, last week. Best of News AF, best of Renap, and of course, the full on four hour best of RHAP 2021 special, including uh, some uh, 90 day fiance talk along uh, the way in that one very excited for stuff to come rob we've already kicked off the new year with a great podcast here only more good things coming our way yeah all right so uh that's gonna do it here for me uh we're gonna throw it to uh puya to talk about the update from 90 day the single life coming up uh right after this take care bye okay round two name something that's not boring laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details hello everybody and welcome back Two, 90 Day Fiance, The Single Life. Sorry for no episode last week. Well, you got the 90 Day Regular, but I was in travel mode. I could not take extra time to step away to talk about this. But alas, we're here today. We've got episode number seven and eight of 90 Day Fiance, The Single Life, season two to talk about. And boy, oh boy, do I have some updates for you. Now, I don't know what the runtime for this could be. For all I know, it'll be the same amount as usual or a little bit more. So bear with me as we get through as many things as we can here. First thing I will say is that Natalie is nowhere to be found. Natalie of Mike and Natalie fame, if you would remember, is not here with us during this season for whatever reason for these last two episodes. Uh, by the looks of it, at the end of episode eight, Natalie will be back on our screen. She's on some kind of golfing date with somebody. And the, the guy she's on a date with has a son and daughter with two different women. And it seems like the date went well. She said the date's going really well. I wasn't expecting that. So we'll see if that's a red flag for her and where they end up going with that. So that was the first note. We didn't get a lot of Natalie. Now, we I'm, I pretty much compiled all the stuff from each couple into one segment so that we don't have to do, all right, so this was episode seven and then this was episode eight. It's going to be a running total of everything that happened with them the last two episodes. So it's going to sound like it's a lot of detail, but it's two episodes rolled into one, okay? All right, so let's start off here by talking about Big Ed. So Big Ed here two episodes and it's all about Coyote, all about how he can be with Coyote, what's going to happen. So 
last time y'all saw Big Ed, he had gone through the whole uh, restaurant misfire thing where there was a misunderstanding, but they thought there was a shooter. It turns out it was some misunderstanding between like local authorities. So he comes home. He tells his mom, you know, I thought my life was over and and it was a lot, yada, yada, yada. And then his mom starts crying and, and Ed talks about how Coyote is the first person he grabbed. And then he says something. Which to me, I'm going to set up as to give you a new lens to look at this moving forward. So he tells us that he feels like now, having gone through that incident with Coyote, he feels like he has a window to take or opportunity to take this to the next step carefully. Now tell me, does that not sound like someone who is using this experience for ulterior motives? It does, doesn't it? And, and he, he does this thing where he talks about stuff as if he learned everything from a movie. Like he'll say something like, well, you know, we, we did this date. So like right now is it, this is the time where I should hold her hand or this is the time where I should make my move. And it's like, you're 50 some. Like how, how you, why, why are you talking like this? I, y'all already knew this. I don't like Big Ed, but it's fine. I'm going to tell you about the story without being biased. Hopefully. We'll see. Uh, I say as I've already done that, but you know, we move. Okay. So then, uh, he's meeting up with Coyote and, and his mom is also meeting Coyote in this instance. And the mom tells Coyote, like, yeah, Ed told me instead of protecting himself, he was saving others. And, and the mom's basic analysis of Ed is, oh, her personality is beautiful. And she's more adequate to his age and she thinks that they're on the same wavelength. And then Ed says a bunch of stuff about how ooh, she brought up Romeo and Juliet. Like, are you wooing me? I like that. Shut up, Big Ed. Stop it. Um, I don't think I can hold bias away from Ed. I, I just realized maybe. Um, but yeah, he he's being very creepy to me. Like he's like, oh, she's doing these sidearm hugs and I like where that's going. That means something's going to happen. And then they hugged again and he's talking about do I make my move. To me, it's not screaming that this is a relationship compatibility. I don't think it is. It doesn't feel that way. To me, it feels like Coyote's still feeling him out and trying to see and get to know him, whereas he's – thinking that it's a lot more than it is um so that is where i think that's going Uh, however um it's it's very much hard to tell because ed likes to typically paint things as bigger than they are or as more grandiose than they are so that's kind of the vibe i'm getting with how he's analyzing everything so then anyway in the next episode um, we find like he talks about how he's been in Mexico for a week now. He's gone on two dates with her and he's feeling a connection. Now they're going hiking and she takes him to this hike. She calls him gym boy and is, yep, I'm the gym boy. All right, cool, whatever. Uh, then she talks about let's go paragliding and he's terrified. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. Let's just sit. And I'll tell you this, the site they were at, the view was magnificent. It was a very nice view, well worth the hike, if I do say so, from the comfort of my computer chair. Then uh, he is now going to be meeting her stepdad and her son, and then also he's taking his mom with him. So it's like a full family gathering type situation, okay? And he tells us before this in confessional that this is commitment, like the fact that I'm meeting her 
dad and her son. That's commitment. Like, Shut up. No. And then you stop making it a thing before it's been a thing. He, I feel like he keeps trying to define the relationship, but one-sidedly to us, like trying to paint it for us. And I am not a fool, Ed. You can't get me. That's not going to happen. So then, um, the son kind of takes a liking to him at this meeting and, and says that he's funny like a clown, which I thought was very apt. I did like that. And, you know, Ed tells the son, you know, I know it was your birthday recently, so I brought you some stuff. And he brought him a, some gear from a baseball team with like a baseball, uh, with an actual baseball, the hat, the jersey, the whole fixings. And then, Kaori tells us in confessional that she thought the gifts were unnecessary because they're materialistic and that Ed indeed did not understand the assignment. I don't think Kaori liked this at all. So that is interesting for me because I, what I just said, I feel like this is not, they're not on the same page at all. And I think he's just got delusions of grandeur. So we will see. Then the next time on with Ed, there's just more dating stuff, nothing important for us to latch onto until we see episode nine. That wraps up Ed. And now we can, you know, okay, you know what's funny? Let me side monologue this for a second, which I feel like will happen. It happens a lot when I'm talking solo because I just think of stuff I want to say and I don't have to wait before I interrupt somebody. I can just do it. Um, there's a very stark contrast for me with the cast of The Single Life versus the cast of uh, 90 Day before the 90 Day right now. Because before the 90 Days cast, I'm enjoying seeing them on my screen. I like it. I'm having fun. I'm laughing. Whereas the Single Life people, I know they're all terrible and and not in a redeeming way. So they just bothered me a lot. Pretty much the only person I'm genuinely rooting for here is Debbie. <laughs> I'm rooting for Debbie. Everyone else I could they can leave, that's fine. And then with Jesse and Jennifer, I'm on the I'm on team Jennifer, but we'll get to their segment when we get to their segment. And I guess Sinjin's fine. But then Natalie, Stephanie, Ed, no, they can go away. Uh my my life is fine. But anyways, we talked about Ed, so that means now we should move over to Let's just go to Jesse and Jennifer then. How about that? Okay. So we'll go to Jesse and Jennifer. The scene starts with them in that seventh episode. They're doing this boxing clinic thing together, just doing some boxing. And so then when they talk about the the situation with uh, Kakua, Jennifer mentions that it was, you know, it was uncomfortable. The whole thing was uncomfortable. It was in my past. I want to move forward. I basically want to move forward. And then when, when she's asked about this in confessional, did you get intimate? Uh, Jennifer says, of course, but we didn't have sex. So what does intimate mean? Nobody knows. I don't know what intimate means to, to Jennifer. I feel like intimate's different to different people by the sounds of it. So then we talk about things are getting tense with Jesse. Okay. The, they have a dinner with the mom with, uh, of course, Jennifer's mom and, before this goes down, we get some confessionals from Jesse, and I don't like what he's doing. He clearly knows that Kakua's name is Kakua, but he keeps saying it differently in confessional, almost like a put-down type thing. He says after meeting Kaka at one point, um, which in many different languages, we know what Kaka means. Um, and then he ta- he calls him Kakao at one point. Like, just say Kakua. You know what the name is. It's not going to make you seem any better. It's not going to make you feel any better. Um, 
But then they talked about he, you know, acknowledges that, you know, one of them have feelings for the other. So then it could be complicated. And, and he thinks that that could be a problem. He also tells us that he thinks only the only healthy way um, for things to move forward is if words and actions align, meaning if you're going to say something, you better follow through with your actions to prove that thing, not just say them and not do them. Uh, it was an interesting way for him to put it. OK, and she clarifies to him once more. The present is all that matters to me. He will always be my friend, but you are my present. You are my current. That's what matters to me. Okay. So then they, um, uh, what's it called? They are in this place where they're just chilling before the dinner with the mom and they, Jennifer, uh, gets this like delicacy for them and it's ants. And she cites, you know, this is kind of like caviar kind of thing. So he's having these ants and he's talking about eating the butt of the ants and then that he could eat her butt. And it was just inappropriate uh, because also um, her kid is there too. So I didn't love that. And then um, they go to the dinner with the mom and the mom isn't easy to impress at all and insists that he needs to impress. And then the mom also talks about she wants to gossip a little bit and starts asking him questions like, when did you start trying something with her? As in like talking to her and then were you, are you flirty with everyone? Like trying to get a little deeper, trying to poke the Jesse, if you will, to try and get a little bit of intel here. Um, and also asks him, what are you going to do when you leave and she's still here? Like she's not leaving with you. You're leaving alone and you're leaving soon. And then he says that, well, he works remotely so he can be anywhere and he feels like the happiest man alive. And then he says in front of her mom, well, and I love her. That's right. He said, I love her. And this is another moment where we can acknowledge that he has said he loves her, what, twice now? And she has not said it back. So it's a little awkward. But we learn from Jennifer because she acknowledges that he said it in private and then says that she doesn't want to rush it, which I completely think is an acceptable thing. My favorite thing about this whole story is the fact that Jesse is kind of in the Darcy spot from when he was with Darcy where – Darcy was all about Jesse and like in love with him and was hoping for an engagement, a marriage, and Jesse was taking it super slow. Shoes on the other foot, Jesse. How does it feel now to be Darcy? Maybe hopefully he gets some insight into how he treated her. Spoiler alert, he's probably not going to ask Jesse. So there you go. <laughs> that is happening. Um, and then the trip is about to end in a week. So he tells us in episode seven, triple under one week. Um, and he doesn't really know if they're on the same page because he doesn't know if she loves him so then in the next episode we get to they're now a couple days away before he goes back to europe so we've gone from a week to a couple days and jesse wanted to do a jesse style trip and this included going to a private island for a trip private island that he found out about and he talks about how you know it's he's a digital luxury nomad and luxury is a part of who he is so that's why this is a jesse style trip Pretty douchey thing to say, but whatever. Um, <laughs> he tells us that he wants the trip to be very special and he acknowledges, you know, I told her I love her. She hasn't said it back. Then it kind of gives us a quick timestamp. It's the next day and they're having this tantric yoga session. So this, um, yoga instructor comes in and this, you know, tantric yoga and, and believe me, 
I know nothing about yoga, very minimal knowledge about yoga. So the tantric yoga basically includes them both doing yoga positions and stuff together in an intimate setting. And at one point he is on top of her and he says, I'm sorry, this is turning me on. I can't get up. And the instructor standing there not knowing what he's saying so then Jennifer tells the instructor, yeah, he's excited, so he can't get up. And then the instructor says, oh, my God, no. And then the instructor kind of gets up and goes away. He says, take five. And then the confessional, the producers, shady producers, were like, what size is the problem with Jesse? And I was like, okay, producer, you do you. Uh, turns out it's a big problem, allegedly, according to Jennifer. So there you go. Now we know about Jesse's problem, something that no one asked for, but now it's public knowledge. Yay. Um, and then the tantric yoga instructor says that this exercise shouldn't be about physical intimacy. It should be about feeling each other through energy. So he puts them through this exercise where they focus on each other's breathing until the breathing becomes one. And this really sounds like it brought them together. Like you could tell there was a little bit of romance there. So that happens. And then we move to the next day. And in this next day – um, we find out that yesterday Jennifer said that she loves him. So she finally gives him the L word, hits him with the love that he was, he's been begging for basically since he said it. And they go to this beach club area. It's called the luxury beach club apt. And we find out that she wants to move forward with him. She fully wants to move forward with this man, with Jesse. But there's something that's bothering him. So as we know, we just you learned this new phrase, digital luxury nomad Jesse. He is an influencer pretty much and he does promotional posts and stuff on Instagram. And apparently the photos he puts up are – while they are promoted, they seem like they are relationship posts. Like it's him with posting with women and it could look like they're his girlfriend kind of thing. And this bothers Jennifer because she says to the to the unknown, to someone who wouldn't know, this would seem like he is with other women and is not faithful to her or is playing her. Because she if she, he puts up a picture with her, then it just seems like she's every other woman and she's not OK with that. So then she um, confronts him about this. Right after we find this out in confessional and he says that there's no hidden agenda with these. It's a promotional post. Um, there's no romantic involvement at all. And what she says, well, what you post is what people think. And he tells her – she tells him, what if I posted pictures with men? Like how would that make you feel? And then he mentions, well, it's a big difference. I'm doing it promotionally. You're not doing it promotionally. She's like, no, it's the same. And then Jesse remarks, oh, so um, did, did – OK. No, so then the context here is that she talks about she has some pictures with someone she dated before, uh, a friend of hers from before. Um, and he says, well, that doesn't bother me. Like you can do that. And she says, well, what if I posted more? There's more I didn't post. And the whole like it's not the same, it's not the same. And then he says, what? So did he pay you for you to date him? And she slaps him across the face and walks away. And tells us that he showed he can be really rude and hurt my feelings right after I've said I love him now. And he's showing me who he really is. So there is trouble in paradise for these two. Finally, it's been a long time coming. It's finally come to a head. And I do think 
that they're going to be fine. Ultimately, genuinely, I do think so. But this was very interesting because that was, that's the Jesse I know. The one that's getting slapped, that's the one I know. The one that's saying, Oh, you got paid to date and, and being shady in that regard, just because his partner sounded off and said, Hey, um, I do not love these promotional pictures you're taking. So that happens and we move. Okay. We don't see them again this episode. That was the last scene of the episode. Actually, the next time on, um, has them fighting about this very incident where Jennifer accuses Jesse and says, you basically called me a whore is what you did. And Jesse's obviously going to deny, deny, deny. So they're going to have drama and we're going to be there with popcorn and bells on ready to watch it play out. And that'll be fun for all of us. Now, let's go over, speaking of fun, let's go over to someone who I said I was rooting for, and I genuinely mean it. It's Debbie. It's Debbie time, y'all. So Debbie, as we know, has been pretty much told to evict the Colt Manor, her son's house, because they want to move on with their life, him and his wife, and Debbie got to move on with her own life and you know live her life. So Colt takes her apartment hunting, and Debbie's list of requirements is small, but to me, wild, absolutely wild. So she wants a one bedroom that would allow animals because she got cats and she wants it to be $500 or less. This is her requirement. My, I about grew horns hearing $500 to me. I I don't think there's a world where she's going to be able to find a $500 apartment. For just a one bedroom without sharing the apartment, like I've paid five hundred dollar rent at a thousand dollar place with a roommate, so but I've not had a five hundred dollar place ever, never heard of it. So I thought that's not a thing, but apparently they found a place and they're gonna go there. So Colt drives her over there, and once they get out of the car, you hear Colt say, "Well, it's a little more sketchy over here," and he also says, "Well, I step," and he tells us in like whisper, "I stepped on a needle," and Debbie says, "What?" He's like, "Nothing." And we see bullet holes. They, they get in the apartment. There's bugs and cockroaches everywhere. The floors are uneven. Then the, there's in the bedroom, all the windows are boarded up and they ask them, what, what is this about? And, and the realtor lady says that, Oh yeah, we've had a squatters issue here. So that's been a problem. It's like, Oh my God, what is this place? And this place, everything I just described, this isn't an exaggeration. It's not like, Oh, it's a, it's a bad apartment. Oh, it's in a bad neighborhood. The apartment itself is bug ridden, bullet holes, do squatters can be there, $7.25 per month for rent. So already that's what? 50% increase on, on, <laughs> on Debbie's original budget. Cole tells her, listen, uh, $7.25 doesn't go the same distance as it once used to. Um, and, and she says, well, I don't know. I'm not going to be here. That's not going to happen. And he says, I wouldn't put you in a place like this. And Debbie takes that as an insult. You're not going to put me anywhere. I'm going to put myself where I want to put myself. And I thought from Colt, it was genuine. Like he wouldn't let her be here. Like he would rather she stay with them than be here. But then Debbie got a little bit upset by that. So then, uh, they said, well, we'll see what happens, whatever. Next scene, not even to do with apartments anymore. We're getting ready. It's Debbie's date number two with Jay. As y'all remember, Jay is the guy that she went to that far out of way bar place where they played some get to know you games. And then he had to go home because he had work the next day. So then that happened. But anyway, they're having a second date. Vanessa's helping her to get ready and they're going bowling. Apparently it's a bowling date. So Debbie dressed up and um, she's ready to go. 
And Vanessa in Confessional with Colt calls Debbie a MILF. And Colt goes, um, no, she's a very handsome woman. It's like, all right. That's the thing I've heard only Chappelle ever say. And now I heard Colt say it. So there you go. Um, and then Debbie tells us she's very nervous. She's waiting for this date in the living room with, with Colt and Vanessa, just anticipating everything going down. 30 minutes go by. She's still waiting. No Jay picking her up. Nothing's happening. And then a little bit more. So then she calls Jay. It goes straight to voicemail. And she picks up – she leaves a voicemail basically saying, where the F are you? We've got a date and then hangs up. And my heart bleeds for Debbie. I am so sad for her because you can tell she's defeated. She she just went through this whole makeover. She felt good about that first date. So now she feels like – you know, because like before she was upset about getting friend zoned. Now she's just full on been ghosted and that is not fun at all, right? Um, and then also Vanessa points out, well, that – Mess, that call definitely got forwarded. It wasn't straight to voicemail because it dialed, it, it dialed at least once. It beeped at least once. So he's screening the call essentially. So then in the next episode, Debbie's doing like lunch at a diner place with one of her friends. And this is one of the friends that we met at the hair salon when she was getting her hair done. And she tells the friend, Jay stood me up. Um, and then she tells her, well, she doesn't know anything about him except for that he's a liar. And then starts pointing out reasons why he's a liar. Says, number one, when we met each other, he told me not to tell anyone that we met on a dating app. And she doesn't know why. She's still trying to comprehend all this. So her bright idea, Debbie was like, I'm going to Google him. I'm going to Google him and see what comes up. And then she let out the biggest gasp because she found – his phone address, his phone, his address, his background, all of this. And then they cut away. They bring us back to another scene and we find out y'all Jay is in fact married. Jay is married. Jay is married. And now Debbie's world is exploding. So Jay is married. Okay. Cause the address that's registered to him is of him and his wife. We find out another lie he said. He's 62. He told Debbie he's 58. He's actually 62. And now to me, immediate thought was, oh, it makes sense. Because remember when when I told you that they took a way too long drive to end up at a little bar that didn't seem special? I think he just wanted to go to a place out of way where no one would recognize him. I think that's what was happening, which is stupid because you're on a show. You're on TV. Your wife's going to know this. If you are married. Now, maybe the address is registered to him and his wife and, and they are divorced. I have no idea. I don't know Jay's life. I didn't Google him. <laughs> Debbie did. But these people that come on this show and act like they're not going to be seen by uh, like thousands of people and end up on subreddits, news head, like, come on. Okay. So then Debbie's so mad now and, and she talks about how he's a low life, a scumbag, a rat bastard and he, she keeps calling him a rat bastard at the end of every sentence and jokingly tells her friend, let's take a drive. Let's pull up to his house and have his wife, wife open the door and be like, yeah, hi, um, I'm Debbie and your husband wants to F me. Like genuinely she said that. So I think Debbie is ready to go full scorched earth on Jay. She is not happy. You don't mess with Debbie. You do not mess with Debbie. Now, the only scene we see from her on the next time on is that Debbie has a date in San Diego and Colt is driving her to San Diego and 
or Debbie's friend that we just mentioned is with her in that car. And I guess they get into some spat in the car and Debbie leaves the car and like runs out. So more drama on the Debbie front coming in next week for sure. So keep your ears peeled for that. That'll be happening real soon. Now, let's see. I'm going to go to Sinjin first. Because despite Sinjin only having one episode here out of the two, it's a quicker one and it's a lighthearted one before we get into the ridiculousness that is Stephanie, which I have my opinions on. So Sinjin, he left um, Tanya. It's over. He's crying in the car. He told us he's moving to Arizona to start his new life. He has a friend named Aaron there and Aaron's offered up – uh, him living with that, him and his wife until Sinjin gets sorted out. And Sinjin's gonna make a road trip out of this. So he has a tent, he pitched out a tent, and he drove through Nashville, he drove through Kansas, like he drove through a bunch of places on the way to Arizona. Took him about two weeks, is what he told us. And it seems like he's having a lot of fun. What we know about Sinjin is that he is kind of like a, a, spontaneous man who just likes to do random things. He had a great time doing all this. And then when he meets up with Aaron, what we learn about Aaron is that Aaron and him used to play rugby together. And Aaron is being a very hospitable host, trying to, you know, make his experience good, tells him, listen, tonight we're going to go out and we would love for you to join us. We're going to go mingle. We're going to have a good time. You could see some women there. And uh, uh, Sinjin says, well, I, I don't know. I've been out of the game for so long. I don't know if I've got game anymore. And Aaron says, well, your game is that accent. I was like, all right. Aaron says the, the accent's going to translate well in this area. So we'll see. And then they go to the, um, bar later that night. And it's, it's Aaron, his wife, Sinjin, and a bunch of their friends. And specifically one person and Sinjin start hitting it off. This woman named Kira. And Kira's a student, 23, in Arizona, lives in Arizona. And they get to talking and Sinjin kind of shares with her how he is, what he did to get there, like the 15-day traveling road trip thing. And she very takes a big liking to that, takes a big liking to what he was doing and hanging out and stuff. And Sinjin tells us in confessional, it felt really nice to have someone hear my way of living and be like, that's very nice. I like that. That sounds cool because Tanya never gave him that. And then we get Sinjin being very awkward trying to get a date with, with Kira. Luckily, Kira said, that's fine. Let's go on a date. I don't think he could full out said, would you like to go on a date? She said, yeah, we can hang out again. And then he said, well, do you want to do dinner tomorrow? And she said, yes. So he has a date with Kira. That'll be next time. I'm excited to see Sinjin on the dating scene. Sadly, though, no Sinjin next week. So that is not going to happen for next week. But hopefully we see it on the week after because Sinjin, again, is someone I'm also rooting for. I, I've already said this. Debbie, we're rooting for. Sinjin, we're rooting for. And Jennifer, I believe we are rooting for. Everyone else, bye-bye. Speaking of bye-bye, big bye-bye to the next person. It is Stephanie. Let's go over to Stephanie to end tonight's um, recap here of The Single Life. So apparently – so first of all, the last time we saw Stephanie, which feels like it was ages ago, Stephanie went on that date and then had the, with the other Stephanie and brought the other Stephanie home to to have dessert with. Since that date, the other Stephanie has ghosted her. She has not heard back from the other Stephanie. So now Stephanie is throwing a barbecue party to you know have people come over and everything, and you know a bunch of her friends are there. She tells her friend Heather that. She's invited someone from her past, 
we learn that is Fred, her ex-boyfriend. Now, I say ex-boyfriend very loosely because she says he was my ex-boyfriend. First of all, he was her ex-boyfriend when she was 15, okay? And they dated for a month, all right? That's it. They dated for a month, 15, ex-boyfriend, all right. Uh, he is her first kiss. We did learn that. And she was planning to lose her virginity to him, okay? She was planning to lose her virginity to him. Then things didn't work out. They didn't end up together. And then she says, well, maybe now I could lose my celibacy to him. And I can't stand Stephanie. I cannot stand Stephanie. I cannot stand this whole losing my celibacy thing. Stop it. Okay, stop this. And then we are introduced then to Fred. So Fred is a 32-year-old man. He comes in with like a purple shirt on with devils on it. If I was to make a reference to who would have dressed this way, um, I would reference – and this might be a deep cut for for anyone that's not a Big Brother fan. But think Evil Dick from season eight with like the the flame shirt and like the 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 fiery stuff and the it was like it was a purple shirt with like devils on it. That's that's kind of what I pictured. And um, they they talk about how uh he's kind of like Elijah Wood mixed with a homeless lady, which I thought was funny. And. Stephanie says, well, you know, he's like an odd, quirky, eccentric type, and that's what I love. That's why I was with Erica. It's like, okay, okay, that's fine. You can say that, whatever. Um, and then they talk about her, how she gave him a lap dance in a basement one time, and they're reminiscing. It's like her and Fred full-on privately reminiscing. And she asks him, she says, hey, would you want to take a bath together? My first instinct is to have a bath. Why is your first instinct? This is the second time now where we've seen Stephanie try to initiate something by going for the bath. I feel like – I don't know. I, I can't decide if that is genius or that is just something I don't understand. Ultimately, I feel like it's far more forward than like kissing someone to ask for for a bath, right? I don't know. I don't know. It's just an interesting first move to me. But then she tells us that, oh, maybe I lose my celibacy tonight. Luckily, you don't have to wait a whole week to find out. Let's go to the next episode. So the next episode, she talks about her celibacy. It's a very short episode. I have five bullet points here. So she talks about her celibacy with Fred and says, I haven't been with anyone in a minute. Um, and especially I haven't been with a man in a while. So I'm inviting you to end my celibacy and I'll give Fred credit. Fred's very funny. Fred would say stuff like, oh, it's like a Facebook invite you're sending me. And she says, yes, I'm inviting you to my vagina. I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry you had to hear it, but I had to hear it from Stephanie. So you have to hear it here as well. Yes, I know it's awful, but we're in this together, y'all. We're in this together. So then she talks about let's make a game plan. What positions do you want to do? They literally talked about this like they were planning a luncheon for a company retreat. They were going through details of like which positions, what do you want to do first, and Bless Fred's heart. Fred was very much in on it, like joking with it and saying, well, let me see. So we can do this first. Then I can do that. And then do you want me to have a notepad to take all this down? And then they leave the bath. They go to the bedroom and they start making out. I'm assuming celibacy has been done now. No more celibacy. Celibacy over. And I think Stephanie's going to talk about that a little bit more next week. Okay. My big takeaway from this is that Stephanie now has literally no storyline. Where does Stephanie go from here? Is Fred in the picture? Where do we find ourselves next? 
because I would like to know. To me, Stephanie and Natalie have the least amount of storyline, but they're really stretching them out to put them on the show. And I can't believe we've been through eight episodes of The Single Life already. It doesn't feel like it's been eight, eight episodes. That's a lot. Um, to, for notes, the first season was 15 – no. Ooh, oh, my god. The first season was 25 episodes. Please don't be 25 episodes. Oh, my god. It could be 25 episodes. We might be here for a minute. All right. You know what? On that sad, no somber note, let's say goodnight here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Really do appreciate it if you made it through about 35 minutes of The Single Life Alone. I'll be back next week, obviously, to talk with Rob about episode five of Before the 90 Days. And I'll be right here to talk to you about episode 10 of The <laughs> of the Single Life. You can find me on Twitter at Puyas. You can find me on Twitch twitch.tv slash Puya. And please, if you haven't left a rating or review yet, do so at robswebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's the number nine, number zero day fiance. Any and all feedback is welcome. It allows the podcast to be found better. It allows us to get the word out of what we do here with the nonsense that is this franchise. But it is on the Hot Mess Express. That is where I reside. I am the conductor, and I'll be right here to take you on a journey once again next week. Until then, take care. Have a good one. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.